Can you say cerveza? It's time for the beer podcast, Morty. Worst beer podcast ever. Steve and Adam. Ah, funny guys. Hop Nation USA, beer podcast leaders for over five years. It's episode 250 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're here live on location at Stick City celebrating, what is this, Adam, an anniversary of some sort? I would say a milestone. A milestone? This is a milestone. So we're That's gonna, better. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to treat ourselves. Yeah, we're going to treat ourselves to some Stick City. Yes, we are. But, I mean, obviously, if we're on location at a new spot, uh, we're talking to Nick Salkeld, the brewer of Stick City. So why yeah why yeah. why 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 wouldn't we? Why? Of course, yeah, we didn't just you know knock the door down and start setting up all our equipment while nobody else was here. <laughs> right, we didn't sneak in. <laughs> that would just although, be mean. Although that could be a new show. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, Sneaking brewery. <laughs> well, welcome, that guys. one is. Well, and, welcome. and welcome to you as well to our mm-hmm. show. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we're here to talk beer. Yeah, we'll be talking Stick City beer. We'll be talking about Stick City. We'll learn all about Nick, and then, you know, we'll play a game. That's how the show goes. You know how it goes. It's 250 episodes. How do you not how, know how it goes? <laughs> maybe they're brand new. We don't know. Maybe we... Ah, no, there's no new people. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we've got the Mar Chamber of Commerce listening in, oh, supporting businesses. That'd you be know. nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. So if you are a first-time listener, welcome. Sure. Happy to happy to have you, but like you know, you got some catch up work. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes you just have to play mayor a little bit. Yeah, you know, just bump, w- welcome bump, everybody in. Bump up some past episodes. Yeah, give them listens. In. <laughs> but, yeah, we're talking to Nick, and we're drinking Stick City beer. So we're going to drink three Stick City beers. But let's start with the first one because we thought it was somewhat apropos to what we're doing tonight. Nick, why don't you introduce it to us? Tell us all the stats, the figures, what kind of hops are in it. All give us everything yeah, you want. The story, this, everything. Yeah, this one here is Golden Boy. It is a hazy IPA, and it features Simcoe and Eldorado hops, barley and oats, with some local. It was Deer Creek malt in this one. Okay, oh, right on. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we nice. use some Colonial Pills. Uh, what's the ABV on it? It is six point two percent. Right on. Right on. So Deer Creek Malt, where are they out of? What's the story with them? They're out in Eastern PA. I actually had the opportunity to use this stuff. We use a lot of local ingredients here. This was my first time using their stuff. Uh, The guys from Old Thunder were out that way picking up some beers for their Pilsner Festival. And they shot me a note and said, hey, you want to try some Deer Creek Malt? Yeah. (laughs) So they picked up about 10 bags for us, eight or 10 bags. And we threw it into a batch of beer. Awesome. So yeah. That's a unique one there for us. That's the first time we've ever used that. And don't really use a lot of Eldorado hops here just because I felt like I haven't really found the pair that I really enjoyed with it. But this one, I think, really comes through with the Simcoe. Mm-hmm. Simcoe and Eldorado plays good together. That pininess, yeah. kind of classic taste with that, like more fruit, ripe fruit, sweet fruit forward of the Eldorado. So was there a particular reason for for this besides getting the new malt and trying out with the Eldorado? And on top of that, with the name, what's the, the story name, behind the name? The name's a unique one. So this was because it was a brand new recipe uh, with using a Deer Creek. It's kind of a framework. Uh, this is, you know, a low 6% uh, IPA format or background. You know, generally barley, a little bit of oats. We'll do a little bit of wheat sometimes or a little bit of rye. So we were here one Thursday night. We have like our Thursday night crew that comes in. And uh, the one guy, his name is Nick, and he also has a son named Henry. And my name is Nick, and I didn't know this at the time, but we named our son Henry. He's 10 months old, my wife and I. <laughs> and uh, I have this classic firearm. It's a, 
Henry Golden Boy. So I was just joking about that. And it's just, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but it's a 22, no, it's, I wouldn't say novelty, but it's like a, it's a heirloom type of a gun. Yeah. It looks okay. nice, you know, yep. for like hunting, you could use it for more, maybe just having, it's like a collector's piece, mm-hmm. but mine's the silver one. So it's a Henry Golden Boy. So they normally have gold on them. Yeah. But this is the Henry Golden Boy in silver. <laughs> so that's why I bought it. <laughs> so instead of putting Henry Golden Boy on the, I thought Golden Boy was a, you know, it just was shorter, easier to roll off the right. tongue. But there's that that little bit of a history. It was something that we were just talking about that night. And I'm like, Golden Boy it is. So that's it's awesome. stuck. Yeah. Well, see, now you have all these ways to expand it when you do, you know, the half version or the double version. You know, it could be the Golden Boy in silver when you do the double exactly, IPA. Exactly. Yes. Smart marketing. <laughs> that's how I think. <laughs> I, I just wanted to jump back for a second. You mentioned how, like, you got, you got this malt from the guys at Old Thunder. Yeah. And, Adam, this is how brewers differentiate from beer drinkers like your friend goes out to virginia and they bring back aslan for you yeah his friends went out to the eastern part of pa and brought him back you guys gotta try this yeah. i'm like bring it in yeah. here's it half, a, half a truckload yeah. yeah it was really nice to use that for sure that yeah. is that is true though it's yeah. funny <laughs> um looking at the beer though it like it, it had like a really nice fluffy head to it it's just like a nice nice tight compact white head mm-hmm. uh and then yeah it looks kind of like a standard hazy ipa yep. but to smell it and taste it, it it is definitely not in that realm of that same orange juice citrus yep you know citrus that most people expect when they pick up pale ales and ipa new england styles anymore yeah. um i really i really like the flavor on this because it, awesome. diff- it is different it is different yeah yeah thank you yeah i mean we it's part of our mission statement to try to highlight terroir and beer beer through Mm -hmm. the ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so we do maybe some slightly, I think people are really, you know, they'll bring in some cascade and make hazies with them now, but you know, we try to highlight, you know, these, these, the, the, the aromas and flavors through balance, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, you can, you can get these hazy IPAs that are, you know, more of a a throat burner. And there are, we have customers that are like, I want that. Mm. Like, and you know, I'm like, okay, when I transfer the beer and it's in the bright tank, come that next day. Cause, and then they're, they're like, you need to get this out right now. Yeah. And I'm like, but for us, I feel like the balance aspect, like nothing is, nothing is like the hops don't overpower the malt, right? you know, or the grain. Um, and there's still some of that fruity yeast character mm. in there. Um, the water, you know, being balanced, it kind of allows all of those things to shine. So we, it's, it's, we're very process focused with brewing. Yeah. Yep. I, I would say like the, uh, to drink this, there's a lot of that herbaceous and pininess up mm-hmm. front from the Simcoe. Yeah. But then it does finish like fruity and then like really soft because of the oats that you have. In yeah. There, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I like, that's a great descriptor of it. <laughs> that, we try. I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping I was getting there and that, it's nice to hear you say that. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I this hits all the notes and this is, you know, this, I, as a fan of like West Coast IPAs, yeah, you know the flavor profile is more of a throwback to that. It's sure, not, it's not a complete palate burnout, and it no. is that it is softer than a lot of West Coast mm, IPAs. Yep. But yeah, I, I fully enjoy this. This is Excellent. a good, good beer. And, and funny enough, coming from the other end of the spectrum, someone who does not drink IPAs, uh, I, I abhor West Coast IPAs. Hate them. Um, <laughs> Lots of bitterness. Yes. Uh, there's too much bitterness in this world as it is. Yes. We don't need more. Right. Uh, but I, I really like this beer. I, I, it's 
actually really good. Excellent. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> and, and what I like about it is, yes, it, it had that nose to kind of pull the, uh, you know, the hop heads in, mm -hmm. but it had a good balance to it for those of us that are not in that hop realm that, you know, just want a good, well-balanced beer. Yeah. I think this hits that quite well. Thank you. Yeah, that's, again, like we're going for, I try to get each of those facets of the ingredients to, to poke through. Mm -hmm. This one, obviously, a little bit more on that hop side. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, nothing is really overwhelming. Right. And, and this is, and I've used this this before, but this is the kind of beer, if you're trying to pull somebody over to yeah. the IPA side of things, this is a great beer to start somebody down that path. Right. And we, we have seen that here for sure with some folks. You know, they come in, we have a brown ale, which is surprising. It's not on there. It just kicked last week, Cabot Squatch. Mm -hmm. And it's typically on there. And that's like our gateway for some, you know, some, you know, coming into Mars, this was a dry town before we opened and specifically oh, really? in, in the borough itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had a referendum and we were able to get it passed. And, you know, they came, people were like, oh, okay, what is this? And, you know, it was kind of skeptical. It can be a little intimidating looking at all these different varieties. And Cabot Squatch was always the one that folks would start on. And they absolutely despised the word IPA or the letters, <laughs> I guess I should say. And, and we're like, well, why don't you try this one? And then now they, like, some of, some of them are so... They're on. They've. They've. They are on the hop chase now. Mm -hmm. You know, some of us have been there before. Chasing the like dragon. The, yeah. Yeah. So now they're like, I, I can't even go back. They'll, they'll have the brown ale. They're like, I'll have one. But then they're like, I gotta get those hops. It's. You know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how people who like they get started down that road, like they, yeah, they, a yeah. lot of people are like reliving what we already did, like t 2007, 2008. Yes, chasing, exactly. Like, the hoppiest yep. beer you can like, find. Yeah, I'm thinking like Stone Ruination was one right, that my yeah. brother and I. We lived in Squirrel Hill at the time. I was going to Pitt, and he just finished up and was working. And I forget what the six-pack shop was, but we'd go down, and they would get some things in, and Stone Ruination was always the one that we were fighting to find. <laughs> at least I was. Yeah. That was that double. Was, you know, it was just everything. Very yeah. bitter. That was such a good one. Mm -hmm. I, I find it interesting that this is now the second uh, brewery that has been created in a spot that had a referendum to bring alcohol back yeah. in. Mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln Avenue in Bellevue was another yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I find it interesting that that's still a thing around here. I know. And it's just, it's just legacy stuff that's been there since 1933. Mm -hmm. You know, they, the state allowed local municipalities to make that call. Mars is not that large of a town. You know, right. just a hundred yards, 200 yards down the road, you're in Adams Township and they've had a bar down there you know, so yeah. it's almost like just why yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no, no one ever went through it. it yeah <laughs> but i think you know we've been received very well here i think it's been a good thing town's been bringing people in from all outside the area mm -hmm. especially like a brewery type of a model mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe just the restaurant but they're working on that too so they're going to get a restaurant here eventually nice. right on. Mm -hmm. nice. well i can tell you it brought us here yeah, yeah so it, yeah. it worked <laughs> we love it i mean we we definitely had like your beers before mm -hmm. you know it's just this is honestly my first time in your tap room though. that's great but it's well, like a, yeah for I've, sure. I've had your beers at different beer festivals or just picked them up you know when i see them out on tap and things like that so like i've had the cabot squatch nice we're we're we're, we're definitely pro brown ale on this yes show, that is so. awesome <laughs> i love that um but yeah I, i've also had like a lot of your ipas especially when you go out to like beers of the bird yeah just you know coming up for people who <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, get your tickets hint, yes hint, hint, get them while you can but uh yeah it, so 
for the listeners who aren't familiar with the Western PA area, we are kind of outside of the Pittsburgh area at the moment. Uh, and we're technically in Butler County. And this is, you know, Stick City is one of those breweries that's in the smaller Outer Banks that is able to capture, like you're saying, brand yep. essentially brand new drinkers to the craft beer It's true. Yeah. Um, can, can you speak a little bit more about how you came up with Stick City? Stick City was something my my dad is an ideator. He can like create so many ideas. If anybody ever needs an idea, he can give you probably a hundred. He, you know, you know, Neil Young would write a billion songs, and you know, with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and all those guys. Mm-hmm. The other guys would write a few. He's kind of like the Neil Young of it, where he just has so many ideas. And so the Stick City name was something that he came up with, um, not specifically for the brewery, but it was more when I was growing up. We we grew up. I'm born and raised in Butler County, mm-hmm. and uh, he grew up in Cabot in Butler County here. Okay. Is, okay. That's where the Cabot Squatch name comes from. It's probably the more rural part of Butler County. Yeah. <laughs> um, which you know, I know some folks think that it's all rural up here, but <laughs> it's okay. Oh man, mostly. maybe you're right. <laughs> it mostly is. It's yeah. Like, there's, there's Mars and Cranberry, and then there's downtown Butler. Yes. Yeah. Right. And Cabot's like whoa, you know. And my mom grew up in Herman, which is another small town. On that, it's kind of like eastern of uh, of Butler City. Uh, so when we, I grew up out there in the in Cabot, you know, my dad got some property from his parents, and mom and his brother and sister, my aunt and uncle, lived out there too. So we got our start out there. I think it was when I was three or so. Mom and dad moved us into Butler City, mm. and so he kind of got picked on by all the <laughs> folks out there. Um, but we would always go out. You know, it was like he moved into the city, like he was a city slicker or something, like Butler mm-hmm. City. <laughs> Ironic, I know. They got a McDonald's right? and a Burger King. I know. That's <laughs> it, it, really funny just because, like, <laughs> if you even look at downtown Pittsburgh, downtown Pittsburgh still isn't that it's big. It's not that big of a city. It really no. isn't. So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, though. so um, he... You know, we moved in, and it was just to get us closer to schools, which was great because it, it gave us a lot more access to you know, do extracurriculars and things. Um, but then, so when we go back out and visit, like you still have the property, we'd camp and, you know, ride ATVs and hike around, do a little hunting, some fishing out in that region. And so he would always say on the weekends, we're going out to the sticks. Mm-hmm. Like, going, okay. It's the yeah. countryside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it became like stick cities. Like we're going to stick city. We're going to stick city. And so it just stuck. And when we were talking about brewery names, this was like, I guess that had been around 2010-ish. Okay. Around that time frame. And, uh, and then he would say, or it was just something that came up that we're like, oh, stick, why don't we call it Stick City? Because all we built, we love the Eastern Hemlock, like the tree that plays a lot. Our mm-hmm. whole brand is based around that. So the outdoors in these places, we would, it eventually became when we, when we were working professionals, like my family, we would go out to Stick City, mm-hmm. visit with family and things. But then it would be like this Serenity Now type of thing where you just go out there to recharge, yep. you know, mm-hmm. oxygen. It seems like it's like you can breathe a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, from the trees and whatnot. So Six City developed into something that's maybe not so unique just to us, something that's more for everybody to enjoy the, you know, Stick City is like the place you go to connect. And it can be mm-hmm. like taking a walk at lunch through the local park, you know, basically smelling the roses kind of thing, you know. So that's what the whole Stick City names are built around that. And our whole brand is built around that mm-hmm. aspect of like finding a way to connect more with your wild natural areas and waterways 
And then in through that, you know, if people find value in them and appreciate them, they'll want to find ways to protect them, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, it's a, it's a motif all throughout the brewery, as you already talked about. Like, it seems like there's a lot of reclaimed wood yeah. that, that's mm. been turned into tables and siding and yep. uh, yeah, one the, of the best the bar. bars I've ever seen. Yeah, the yeah. bar. That's actually a local guy named Bert here in Cranberry Township. He built this for us. It was one of his bigger projects to build the bar like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a black walnut top. It's a huge piece of black walnut. We were so lucky to get that from him. People love that. It's beautiful. And the the, the support, it's a, it's an open bar. Like You can see everything behind the bar. Right. Is locust root that he actually dug out of the ground. And locust is great to have. You know, we... The floor can get wet, um, you know, when you're mopping, and sometimes we'll even hose the floor down. Mm. Locust is really great with um, with water. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So it's really durable. Yeah. So it's yeah. a durable <laughs> bar. It's, like, functional at the same time as being cool-looking. Was that planned to, to use the locust as the base for the bar, or was it just sort he, of a happy so accident? So we mentioned that, and in, in it's, a, it's a scrappy wood. It's hard to work with. In fact, a lot of... Uh, Hop pools are made from locust tree. Oh, okay. Because okay. it's just in fence posts. Like everyone knows. In fact, sometimes when you get locust trees growing on your property, you can't get them to stop. <laughs> they kind of shoot their roots all over the place. Yeah. And if they're all genetically, it's almost like a quake and aspen. They're all genetically the same. Mm. And they're just everywhere. You, you have to like try to not let them grow. Uh, they'll turn everything into locust. <laughs> I don't know if they're native. I should know that, but. It's like an invasive native, if so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they play for keeps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my wood talk of inexperience with wood, but that's what I think I know about it. <laughs> well, hey, that's more than I knew. So <laughs> surely other listeners are like, oh, cool. I'll, right. And they I'll can leave a comment if I'm totally wrong, be like, he's totally yeah. wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I'll learn from that. <laughs> or they can just regurgitate that fact. Yes. <laughs> Let's propagate it. Yeah, that's awesome, though. I mean, you know, uh, reusing a lot of the wood and just, you know, it gives a more natural feel, to, mm-hmm. And also, like, that bar is one of the most unique ones we've seen. Yeah. So that is a cool thing. I wouldn't dance there. on it, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, anybody, I'm like, <laughs> do not get on the bar because. <laughs> we give you a Hot Nation USA guarantee. <laughs> yeah. We will not be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it can hold your drinks. It can hold your coats. Do not put anything up. Yeah, don't <laughs> dance on this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's really cool. And, you know, like we we're saying, it speaks to like the con- conservation nature that you're you know yeah. shooting for. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's part of your philosophy. Uh, you also mentioned how like you're working with local molsters and yeah. you know, other other growers. Can you talk can you talk about like some of the other people you've hit? You know, CNC, for, yeah, CNC obviously. Malt. We yeah. work with them a lot, and there's a unique relationship with them. Uh, that's Clearfield Elementary School that he's in. That's where my dad went to elementary school. Oh, no oh, kidding. Wow. So he's actually located out in the vicinity of Stick City with the malting facility. So it was weird for my dad to go walking through there. And the old tile that was down on the floor, actually, my grandfather, his dad, had placed in uh, Brendan there at CNC. That's awesome. He had to remove that, you know, right. for the malting. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, there's a unique connection with that out there. So it, it like I said, that le- using local ingredients, and we're trying to incorporate that more and more and more as much as we can, is near and dear to us, especially because of that connection. In mm-hmm. fact, we, the family field, like the Stick City, there's a field that a, a farmer by the name of Dale Ambrose, he's been farming it for a long time. I was at my cousin's wedding 
which was in the backyard of my grandmother's house where my cousin lives now. And this was a few years ago, 2019, I believe. 2018, maybe. I can't remember. It's, I think it was 2019. And there was wheat in the field. And as I'm there for the wedding, I'm I'm pulling off pieces. I'm texting Brendan. I'm like, you got to check this field out. We, you know, if this is good, he went through, did the proper testing for it and got it. And he ended up buying the whole field. No kidding. Wow. We put that in beer. And a lot of people who have used, like we made a, a nice Saison with it. And anytime we needed malted wheat and it was excellent. That's really something that I'm like, that's, that's yeah, really cool. Yeah. 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 So them CNC malt and hazy days hop farm, which is Noah, Petronic. Mm-hmm. He grows hops uh, out near Prospect on the Sorgles Farm out there. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. And they're they're awesome hops. And then another grower up in uh, Sandy Lake area, Hop Stop Farm, another great hop farm up there. And 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 these folks are literally focusing so hard on quality. And I'm probably going to end up losing some of my allotments for this because <laughs> hopefully other brewers are just going to go grab all this stuff um, along with me because the quality of these hops, we were opening up some of the bags just these last, this last year in particular, and even the year before that, but this last year was magic. Like we'd open these bags, just huge aromas. It was a great year just for Pennsylvania hops. Out. Yeah. The Centennial was in a cascade. I've never smelled cascade like this. Did yeah. they get into what they were doing to make sure they have that level of quality control? So we, you know, there's a lot of feedback which is great this is what's so cool and uh we did a little bit of this even in new zealand the you know the farmer does their job getting the the hop in the form that it is it where the challenge is it seems to me is growing it is one thing but then how do you take it harvest it dry it to the proper levels and then get it pelletized they're they're, they both pelletize actually cnc malt does the pelletizing and packaging for hazy days hop stuff farm does their own up there you know the grind of the pellet the dryness before it's pelletized. Each different hop, and I've worked closely with them on those aspects of the hops that uh, I think it's just that feedback approach. Mm-hmm. And and them tasting the beers and hearing this from other brewers too that use it. And they make that, you know, iterative approach to it. That's the benefit. And I think that's, it's almost like a vertical integration for us as, in Western Pennsylvania in particular. Mm-hmm. Because where else in the world like there's not a whole, it, there's this, it's that, I don't know if it's what would be the, the longitude. Mm. Is it latitude? Which latitude. One? Latitude goes up and down. Yeah. Okay. Longitude yep. goes around. Yeah. So that is incorrect. It's the other way around. Latitude is side because it sits on your lap. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And so I was thinking long there. It's long. I don't know. So this is the second Whatever. time in 48 hours I've had this conversation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the one where if you follow it around the earth, like. What way would like the equator is a latitude? Yeah. Okay, yes. a latitude. So yes. the latitude, and I should know that, but I, I forget some things. You know, when you look around the world, it's the hop growing region. We're kind of in that. And our mm-hmm. climate, you know, it's a little bit wet through summer, which can present some challenges. It's not like a, you know, typically near wine growing regions where they have a dry late summer, right? Mm-hmm. Is the best, um, mainly just to keep disease off and being able to harvest better. But we're lucky. We've got some great hop growing. Yeah. Um, it's a great hop growing region. Up and down the I-79 corridor. Yeah, yeah, I know. And the, yeah, the, uh, the barley, the wheat, the rye, I uh, CNC even malts corn. Mm. I know four points has used a lot of that. Mm, I haven't yeah. used the malted corn, but yeah. Yeah. We're also lucky to be on like the jet stream as well. Yes. Cause it cut, it's the same thing that cuts right through Seattle 
and it dips down through the middle of the country for some reason, and, and then comes, comes right zip. back up through Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's so. why our weather's always so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and we get a lot of rain That's and clouds. We're just as gray and more wet than Seattle. Yes. So I know. That is so true. <laughs> yeah, but, but we're lucky. So, yeah, those, yeah. those three in particular are the ones that we – we work with a lot. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I text message them almost, it seems almost weekly. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, though. I mean, it's cool because, like, we, I think we first kind of heard a CNC mold at, like, a homebrew festival. Yeah. And he was just, mm-hmm. like, he was just, like, passing out samples. He's like, here, brew something with yeah. this. And Try it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't samples. It was, like, 10-pound bags. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's great. And we've, him and I have worked on, you know, he sends a, his stuff out for an actual certificate of analysis mm-hmm. uh, with a, I think it's Hartwick College or something. And so we get this, you know, it's like you can compare it to the ones, like the big guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same. Like right. it's in what he was shooting to get, it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's, you throw it through the brewery. I'm a very focused numbers guy with brewing. So I try because I try to be, you know, I try to learn as much as I can as I go. And so I I full send. It's like whatever it whatever it is, like you look at the analysis, oh, it's perfect. Send it in. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but like so many good, It works great. Yeah. So many good breweries in our area like noticed the quality of his stuff and yeah. like it's he, great. You know, they adopted it like, you know, abjuration four points. Yeah, they use all Lincoln of them, Ave. Yeah. yeah. So yep, they like, all use that. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's awesome to see. And it's awesome that it's again a local, yeah. you know, a local person. So yeah. you you I just mentioned about going full send and we had talked about the bar, but now I'm gonna look past the bar mm-hmm. uh at all of your taps. Yes. Every single one of your taps is a side pole. Yes, it uh, is. Which, I, I, to some people, that is controversial. Yeah. This is sure. this is a continuing storyline on this show. Yes. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess it could be controversial because you're like, well, that's a logger tap, right? Mm-hmm. It's for a check logger. You pour the foam. Every, since we started, we started with the, um, I forget what they were called. They were the Roto tap, and it was a flow adjustable. It has a European-style faucet. Okay. And, you know, it comes down with the long stem. They were great, and we could finish it. It had sort of a creamer feature on it. We always, from the day we started, finish our beer with at least an inch of foam on our straight side glass. Okay. And the Czech ones, it's how they do it in the Czech. It's it's especially it, you know being here in Mars, mm-hmm. you give some of these folks up in Butler County that much foam, they actually like one guy was like, I want. He's like, you're cheating me. I'm like, no, no, no. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're getting the full 15 ounces of beer, and I'm giving you. At least an ounce and a half of foam for free. Yeah, right. You're gonna have to get an old Hefeweizen glass that has the half liter line on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, these have the line, but like, yeah. So you know, there you can educate people at some point, but then it's like they didn't want it, so we would literally just fill it to where we would then add the foam <laughs> and just leave it, and they were happy. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. Right. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, if you took the foam and just let it sit for ten minutes. You'd have even more yeah, beer. It's free <laughs> beer. It's real beer. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, there there is certainly some controversy there. But what we liked, so the, the taps that we were using, and I loved them, they were those roto taps. Micromatic carried them, but then they quit carrying the parts. They quit carrying the whole tap. Mm. So I was running out of spare parts, and the little plastic piece on the inside, uh, it must be the way that we clean the lines, uh, it cracked. It would crack. There was this little weak point. And so then they would leak, and I hated that because mm-hmm. we're always looking at things in the – on the insides, you know, and it would, I, I hated it. So I'm like, I bought a bunch of spare parts and then they're like, we're not carrying it anymore. So I'm like, what are we going to do? And we had already had two side poles at that point. We put the side pole 
in service early in 19, one of them. And that was at the time, I mean, we contacted the company direct, like through their contact us page mm-hmm. in the check. And he was like, sure. And we had to wire transfer money to the check. And, you know, my mom runs a book. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm wiring money through a credit card. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know if the, I've never done anything in the check before. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll use a credit card. It was like a little bit of a higher fee, but I'm like, well, what's $20 for the fee, but I'll get my, my, you know, a little bit of added security. Yeah. There. yeah. Well, then they shut the credit card off and like all this stuff. My mom's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting these side pool faucets and it's, you know, money being wired to the Czech Republic. So that it's not like that now. They have an online service now that you can actually get them, which is, makes it a lot nicer. You don't have to get your credit card shut off. But, uh, <laughs> which is always a plus. So it was because I couldn't get those parts. The staff was really loving them. Uh, we were we were pouring IPAs and things on them. Uh and so I'm like, well, we like flow adjustable. Mm-hmm. They can pour a really nice foam. You can milk pour every beer up there you want. <laughs> we, could, we did that before, though. The other tap, the roto taps, you could milk pour. My dad always likes to do that. It, you know, when you're here all day, sometimes when you're trying to be with customers, you, you know, you got to have some sort of a beer. He'll basically do milk pours mm-hmm. just to limit the amount of, he still has like something to sip on, but it's right. not as much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then we we made the decision and I worked with them. When when you buy enough of them, they do give you a little bit of a price break. So That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's really nice cuz it, it wasn't cheap, but we're all about the experience with the beer here. That's all we do. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have a restaurant, we don't have kitchen. We have some of the best food trucks. Um they're, you know, each have their own great story, especially the ones that have been coming here. It's been great. Uh we're all about that beer experience. So Clean glass, rinsed glass, proper foam on every beer. You know, every time, and it's always a new, we don't ever reuse a glass. Because with these check faucets, you know, there are the ways that you can dunk the faucet. I don't want to be, especially in this world now. I never wanted it before, but I'm like, I don't want your COVID glass dunking, you know, beer up in here. I'm like, we'll get you a fresh one. Completely sanitized, ready to go. No bubbles in the beer, in the glass. So, yeah, so we made that decision. Um... That was last year. It was last year, I think. Um, but it took a little bit. So it was, in, we, we were preparing for it. You can't do the standard spacing to run side poles because of the handle coming off the side. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were already working towards that um, when we initially got them. We knew this was something that was coming. And so we redid our whole tap line to space them out further apart so they can all fit. Right on. Yeah. yeah. And they're flow adjustable too. So like, you know, it, that really makes it so nice. Our, we have a direct draw system. Our lines are super short, which helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we had regular taps, our beers would just, they'd all be milk pours and nobody <laughs> would be happy. <laughs> I don't even know if we'd be able to do it because it'd just crank out. Or it'd be so low on pressure that it would off gas and be flat. So, mm-hmm. so did anybody come in here specifically because you had the side poles? I, it was when, when the, I think it was when the, when human robot was really doing this milk tube thing and the breweries oh. and PA guys mm-hmm. were kind of promoting that. And it was right. like blowing up on Facebook. We then had a lot of folks coming in like other than that, it was, we, it was, this is a great, great story. Uh, I think at least, uh, when we have our Arctos pills, uh, there was a Czech fellow who came in and he was, he was enamored. He couldn't believe we had the actual glass and the, the pour and a beer that had Czech sauce hops. And he did note that our 
Pilsner is a little bit lower on bitterness. I said, mm, true. Okay. I, that's on purpose. <laughs> I'm like, I'm working, you know, I'm trying to balance these two styles. That's where it's at. And he's like, cool. But there were these other guys, they had to have been from the Czech or somewhere, Eastern Europe or something. I'm not sure. They came in and they were like, we want the Czech, the Czech beer. The, and they did like people, the motion people. of it. Yeah. And we're like, okay. And they went outside and they sat here all afternoon and smoked ciggies and drank Pilsner all afternoon. Like they were in home, you know? That's awesome. And I was like, this is magic. And like, we don't allow smoking out there. And, you know, mom's like, we got to go tell them. I'm like, mom. They're having their their time. I'm like, they're far away from other people. Yep. We're going to let these folks enjoy this moment. They're, they're at home right yeah. now. It's for know? the greater good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was always, that was fun to, to see. Um, but yeah, I think it was around that milk pour time that whenever that kind of really blew up that people were coming in for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's around that time that uh, East End like started pouring check bills. And that's like where we had our first milk pour. Uh, we, we went to East End and then... We had caught word about uh, with Ben open opening Arboretum. Yeah, he had talked about how he's going to do, and he mentioned you specifically. Yeah. I think in an article, and yeah. he's like, "I'm going to do it exactly like Stick City. I'm going to put all those side pools in." It's like they're great beer faucets. Yeah. yeah, they're great beer faucets. <laughs> they are finicky. Uh, you know, it's they're 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 his, they're traditionally made, so like the design is complex. There's a ton of parts in them, mm-hmm. so they do require a little bit of care there. So when you buy your side pool, buy spare parts, <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> so we have a lot here because, you know, you're buying all your, they're still coming from the check. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 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 It's just like, you have to get directly from them and it's only them. It's only Luker. Yeah. <laughs> I know someone like Micromatic, they got the drawings and they're like, we'll never make money if we make this. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. There's so many parts. Brass bushings, you know, nylon this, like gaskets, O-rings, like the ball. It's an actual ball valve in there. Um, you know, when we when we teach a tapster, it's, we call them tapsters here, um, which is a Czech term. That's what they call them in mm-hmm. the Czech. I did not know that. Yeah, tapster. Hmm. And uh, we're like, you know, someone's coming on and they're like intimidated. Because you can, when you get really good and it's a busy day and everything's really cooled down, mm-hmm. you can open that baby up and really get a beer to rip through it. And it's great because I think because it's, it's, it's such an open flow path, it holds more of the carbonation, that gentle carbonation into mm-hmm. it. I believe so. And I, mean, I know from drinking it. So yeah, right on. it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So and another thing I wanted to bring up about stick city, and this goes back to the conservation, but uh, you are the first brewery in PA yep. to be a part of the 1% for the planet. Yep. Uh, I believe that's still true. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, I yeah. mean, if I, you're, looked, if you're I, the I first. haven't looked it up. I, I said that. Yeah, like I, we were, we should still be. I think, but I um, mean, if you're the first, you stay the first. But right, yeah, the first, the first one. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has joined it. But yeah, yeah what that is is um, the founder of Patagonia Clothing, mm-hmm. and there's a fly shop in West Yellowstone, Montana, Blue Ribbon Flies. Those two guys are buddies, and they both like to fly fish. And they, they realized that their businesses were so heavily hedged on wild natural areas, right? The places to go fishing, the places to go rock climbing, like what Patagonia, people wear Patagonia clothes for, mm-hmm. who actually use them for the reasons why they're so <laughs> made. Um, you know, so they realized that and they said, well, we need to do something like basically a self-imposed tax. 
okay. to give back to these things because they're so worried about in the same light that it was, this was the same philosophy we put towards us. You know, you're so worried about what you do for your business and trying to keep alive running the business that you can't do a lot of the grassroots types of things to help protect these places. So like we see stick city beer as a companion to take when you're outside and enjoying these places. Um, it's more of like a social element uh, or something that like enhances the experience outside. So they recognize that for their business specifically. So they created this basically self-imposed tax and they initially started out and, you know, using the word taxes, not always fun uh, ever. <laughs> so they got rid of saying they used to call it earth tax mm. and they would have this as something. And then it just became 1% for the planet. So 1% of sales, not profits because profits, you can always play the tax code mm -hmm. and never show a profit. So you don't give anything. So it's on sale. So it is almost like, it is like a self-imposed tax. So 1% of annual sales we donate to local and we're working on some of the larger ones too, uh, where we can help out, um, environmental nonprofits. And we focus on ones that are for like the protection or increasing access to not so much against. So we don't focus on these groups that are just out there being against stuff. And like, you know, that the, the kind of like earth first stuff where they're like blowing things up. Like we're not, mm. we're not for that type of a destructive thing. <laughs> so they don't fund eco-terrorism. Yeah. So that's a plus. <laughs> that, is, yeah, that actually, uh, that's a good way to put it. And because that just, that just, I feel like those sorts of behaviors propagate problems and it mm. makes people be more divisive. Uh, so yeah, we focus on, so a lot of the groups we donate to PA Parks and Forest Foundation here in the state of Pennsylvania, they help out all of our state parks and state forests with where it's, the state can only do so much. They can only get so much funding. And so this group helps them out on the balance of those other things. The Western Pennsylvania Conservancy is a great group. They actually have falling water under their hat. Oh, nice. Mm. But they also, they like take large tracts of land and they'll purchase them. They'll go off of tax rules for a little bit, but they'll put these conservation easements that allow public access or like you can't clear cut it and can't do these certain activities, but it can go back into the private enterprise. So a lot of logging companies end up buying the property back from them, but those logging companies can't, most of them don't anymore, but they, you know, people can go on there and hunt or people can go on there and not always camp, but hike around and be in the property. Mm -hmm. so access is a big thing i think uh so that was another one western pa conservancy natural areas association we work with rachel carson trails conservancy we're working with now which is a new one uh we have a project with them this year i know i'm forgetting one. Oh, the glade run lake conservancy they're local to here there's a small state-owned lake that actually the dam needed work it's a man-made lake it was like for fishing and okay. recreation it ended up having to be drained because the dam wasn't safe. All the locals got together and formed a group, Gladewind Lake Conservancy, raised money, were able to lobby to get some of the local officials to help with everything, and they got the, the, the dams back in nice and safe, oh, nice. and the lake's open. Those are like gateway outdoor areas for right, people. Yeah, you know? Right, so, yeah. I have never heard of I, I've never heard of that lake before. It's small. It's not very I, big. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a sweet spot. It's like a gateway spot. Your kids go there. Mm -hmm. It might be their first time kayaking or being near a lake. Yeah. Okay. I, I live I live not too far from Raccoon State Park, Ooh. so it's very similar. It's a man-made with a dam. Yep, and so it's 
you got fishing on the one side, kayaking, canoeing on the other side. And, yeah. it, and it's very low impact because you can drive your car in. Right. You can go up to, like, they have a fucking hamburger stand. Yes. So, like, <laughs> like you're like, damn, I'm about to get a hamburger right now. Yeah. Look at this lake. <laughs> no beer in state parks, though. No. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> so, it, it's, it's, it's not, you know, you got to trek way in or anything right. like that. Right. But it is, like you're saying, a gateway for yeah, you know, people, it is. people yep. to come in and appreciate nature. Yep. You know, without being, you know, too, too far off. Of right. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big reason for why we're in business, that part of it right yeah. there. Yep. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I appreciate that. And yeah. another uh, good reason is this beer that we just had. Yep. Yes. The, uh, the Golden Boy. Golden Boy. IPA. Uh, my glass is empty. Let's uh, go get the other one. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I will genuinely say I enjoyed this beer. Awesome. Uh, there you. are not many IPAs out there that I like. This is on that short list. Oh, and thank that, you. And that, is not, that means a lot to me for sure. That is not blowing smoke. This is, I, I legitimately like this thank beer. You. I would drink it again. Yeah. Sweet. I mean, if Adam likes an IPA, like, what do you expect me to say? Of course, <laughs> of course I like it. It, it. it has a different flavor profile. It, it, it's far more interesting than just like the normal throw down some citra and some mosaic and, you know, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. You, you have. <laughs> You have a lot of herbaceousness going with it, but like you were talking about before, there is a there's a nice balance to the drinking experience because it, it drinks very much like an IPA up front, but finishes fruity and soft. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a great beer all around. Yeah, that's great. And uh, we I don't know if we mentioned it, but you know this is episode two fifty. It is. And then in doing research for this episode, I had noticed that this was your hundredth beer that you had added that to Untapped. I don't yeah. know if that, I don't know how true that is to, you know, if you have other beers that you just never put on or, you know, but. I think all of them are on there. I mean, if we don't add them, someone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So that has to be. Yeah. Because yeah. so, you can't delete beers from Untapped. We're not a, a verified venue. We don't pay into the Untapped. <laughs> but, right. Uh, I do manage it just to make sure because it's, it, you know, a lot of folks use it. So I try to keep it consistent. Right. So the descriptors are, you know, things that they can trust, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we just thought that was a fun thing, and that's why we had that one on. But Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Great beer. Beer so, 100 on Untap. <laughs> so, what do you say we, uh, we take a quick break, uh-huh. get a fresh beer poured up, Yeah. talk a little bit more Stick City? Let's okay. do it. Right after this. Yeah. First Sip Brew Box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Com. It's episode 250 of the Hob Nation USA podcast, and we're still here live at Stick City in beautiful Mars, PA. Uh, a little stomping ground of sorts for me as I used to deliver auto parts all through this fucking area. <laughs> so, <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, very familiar, but that's like in the days of Harrisford and Hops for... <laughs> Oh, that's right. <laughs> wow. That's way back. Not too far, but. It's back yeah, enough. Far enough. Yeah. yeah. Far enough. Where you cooked your own steak. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Cooked your own steak and you get some Pilsner's. And uh, we have some Pilsner's. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, Nick, why don't you introduce the next beer? This one is Arctis 12 Play-Doh. Uh, it's a blend of styles. It's our favorite 
it's our, our Pilsner that we make, our classic pale lager from a Stick City standpoint. And it's a blend of the two styles. So we take what we like from Czech Pils, Czech pale lager, and we take what we like from German Pils, and we make Arctos. And it's basically German in the sense of the grain mm-hmm. and the yeast. Uh, both water profiles of those places would be fairly soft. And it's Czech saws hops. I just think I've used German saws. They, the Germans don't really like saws in general anyways. They like okay. their, you know, Tettenanger and Holler Tal type yeah. <laughs> uh, hops, which are great. Or like Spalt or... They're, they're middle, all middle awesome. fruit. Middle <laughs> yeah. Fruit, yeah. <laughs> they're all really, really good hops. Uh, but the Czech saws just has that spicy, herbal, floral characteristic. And it's just such an old variety I've heard we were planning on going to the Czech in the fall of 2020 before the world changed. Oh, no. you know? oh yeah. And because uh, we were in New Zealand in their fall, our spring in March of 2020. Oh, okay. So my wife and I at that time, it was a honeymoon and a hop exploration trip and a brown trout exploration trip because they've got rivers full of brown trout. Oh, wow. Um, for, you know, fly fishing type thing. But so the the check was going to be one that Dad and I were going to head over there, and and watch their hop harv- hop harvest. And saws apparently is like weatherproof mm-hmm. because there's some of these places that's so old, and the vines are so or the roots are set up so well that even if it's like a low rain year <laughs> they still produce. Mm-hmm. But it's a finicky hop to grow. Like Rewaka is based off of saws, and. It's also finicky. So it got the finicky aspects of saws, which is why it cost $9 million. <laughs> but well, also so it has good. to come from the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, down in New Zealand. Yep. They were like peering over my, this one hot farm we went to down in New Zealand. This is a quick aside. I'm like in a field of Nelson. I'm like, you know, a quick little snip of this root. Mm-hmm. I got Nelson back home. Right. That's illegal, maybe. Probably not illegal. Although in the sense Frowned of like, upon. you're bringing an agri, you know, they always ask you, are you bringing like an agricultural thing into the United States? No, but there's a root of Nelson <laughs> in yeah. my boot that I just didn't know was there. Uh, we did not do that. But I felt like they were watching. Yeah, waiting, they were like, sure. they were like, oh, go have a walk through the hop field. And I'm just taking pictures and stuff. I'm like, are they seeing if I'm going to clip yeah. a root off? I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about yeah. trying, but I didn't. I promise. It's, it's, it's not. I, I wouldn't go as so far to call it espionage, but might some other people would when you like take takes a proprietary thing from. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's yeah. like but that's ours. That's ours. You can't yeah. leave with that. I feel like hops are kind of. I've never dealt drugs, but. I feel like that would be kind of what dealing drugs is like, is hops. <laughs> um, you know, prices are always changing. That's our Somebody blame. has That's some. Our, those are our clones. Those yeah. are <laughs> These are ours. You can't have them. We <laughs> Kilos of fuggles. Yeah. Sewed yeah, no, in the seats yes. of vans. <laughs> Brandishing firearms, you know, for hops. <laughs> fuggles are the mids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, woo, we having words in the parking lot after this <laughs> Those one. Those <laughs> are great, great hops, too. So, but back to the beer, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, it looks like a Pilsner. It's it's hard to comment on beers that are as simple as yeah. this. Yes. We, but, I mean, you're not missing. You're not missing the target. No. You, you didn't give us another hazy IPA. So. Right. This is one that we, this is probably the hardest beer I've ever developed and made in my life. Um, it's... 
takes it takes a long time. The yeast that we use is unconventional in the sense that it's a high sulfur producer during fermentation. It sucks when we we always brew lager in like January. Mm-hmm. All the doors are closed. You'll come in and it'll be like eggs. Yeah, <laughs> people will be like, "Why does it smell? It's like farts." I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, farts in here." Yeah, just, again, just for the listeners at home who can't see this, but maybe you can uh, piece it out from what we post on social media. The brewery is right in here yes. with mm-hmm. the, with the customers. Like you're sitting right up against the tanks. Yeah, you know, you can see everything. You can try to touch and get yelled at, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah, there's there's no escaping. So if you're brewing, it smells like brewing, and if it smells like fucking egg farts, it smells it's, like egg farts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that H two S coming off. Yeah, so it's it, it's you know we should do it more in the summer, but that's not lager time. Uh, we need to make a lot more ales then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we take our time with it. You know, we do as much German thinking as we can on a two vessel pub style brewery which is more of an english approach uh you know we don't do decoctions on it mm-hmm. um but we do have a direct fire kettle which definitely gives some of the color to the beer and the head retention for sure so we really try to we really focus on making sure that we're doing everything we can to retain good foam mm-hmm. beer foam yep. and i say use the word foam because you know the head of the beer is one thing head i feel like is a dissip- it can dissipate but the foam, I mean, you can see the lacing mm. on the glasses that you have now. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because it is some of like the best lacing. Like I've meringue. Ever, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's so I've hard with the lager because it's literally just pills malt and you know check saws and you know the, the hops definitely help with all that. Too. Say, is, is is that what you would consider Stick City's calling card? Is the foam in the head? I'll combine it, it the two. Be, yeah, I mean, it's it certainly, yeah. So I don't know if you've ever looked at our social media. I get a little dramatic with the uh, with the pictures on there because I am I feel like that's, I'm so proud to make a beer that can have a foam that stays. Yes. Like, and I love that. And, and you know, people are like, why would you ever do that? And I'm like, you know, we have some customers that are talk about stuff or we've even had a Facebook comment like, you guys always pour these with really big foam. Is there a reason? And I, if you go back to like just cartoons, mm-hmm. Look at cartoons. When someone gets a beer in a cartoon, does it have (laughs) foam or not? It's got big, frothy foam. Like, that's what I feel like that's like the funnest part with a beer that big foam, you get it, and it's like, it's a beer. Yes. Yeah. That's that's how you differentiate it. Yeah. And you take that first sip, you got the foam mustache, you know what you're drinking. It's magic. It really is. I feel, I mean, it's it's a total experience. So, yeah, this one, it gets lagered at least eight to 10 weeks. So, um, and I asked this on the first one. I'll ask again on this one and probably the next one. Uh, what's the story behind the name? The name on this one. So, you know, in line with a lot of things outdoors, Arctos is the species name for the brown bear. So Ursus Arctos. Okay. So I was re- looking up stories like in Bavaria, you know, there's a mountains down there. They used to have the Eurasian brown bear. So it's our, their version of a grizzly. Mm-hmm. Our version in the United States, well, I should say this. The Eurasian brown bear is called Ursos Arctos Arctos. Just the, the, the second Arctos is for, that's the Eurasian brown bear. Okay. The grizzly bear in the lower 48 is called Ursos Arctos Horribilis. For reasons like being like horrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's mean as shit. Everybody think, knows that. Like, you go to Yellowstone... That's why I don't think, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I like going to Yellowstone. Like, black bear, they're like big raccoons. They can mm-hmm. be scrappy. They can be mean if you pick on them or you're trying to, like, play with their garbage. Mm-hmm. 
like a grizzly bear is literally like if you're in Yellowstone and you see a dead elk. Yeah. <laughs> slowly proceed far away from the dead elk because a grizzly bear definitely is there and it will normally like when you read these stories about people getting attacked by grizzly bears it's because they were near like sometimes the ranchers will they had areas where they would dump uh you know their cows that die mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this was like at, most recently was as the grizzly bears moving out which i think is a good thing um so the grizzly bears on its way out and it's finding like holy shit there's a bunch of dead cow here <laughs> yeah and it's like this is mine mm -hmm. so then a hunter's walking through on a hiking trail or something and the grizzly thinks that it's trying to get the dead cows too. Right. That's normally what happens is when people are getting attacked by grizz, they're either like solo riding a mountain bike fast down a trail and the grizz just doesn't know any better. It's like, I got to get that. Or there's a dead animal kill and it's just trying to protect it. And it mm -hmm. thinks you're trying to fuck with its leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then Pete, you know, you think like, well, up in Alaska, they don't do that. It's like, cause they've got miles full of salmon that they, yeah. they're, they don't even give a shit about you <laughs> or the dead elk. They're just eating salmon, you know? Yeah. Although they, uh, I've seen the grizzly man documentary. They will give a fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they definitely will. They will eat you eventually. Yeah. They'll be like, you're pretty cool, but damn. Like, <laughs> you just made one wrong misstep or I'm lazy today. Yes. <laughs> Turn your back. Yeah. You seem, you seem less fast than the fish. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Give so it this, a try. <laughs> I read an article and I feel like this, you know, this ties into the con conservation aspect. Um, I believe in a wild world uh, where we can find ways to live together with nature instead of just us as mankind. We can conquer all the animals. We can right. take them down. Mm. We figured that out. Uh, so, in Europe, they still have it. So they had one brown bear that was spotted in the Bavarian mountains. And like the political leaders were like, anybody that kills it, you get like a reward, you know? Oh, and like, because oh. they want it, they don't want them there because they're, they're not easy to live around. I, you know, I don't live around them. We live here in Pennsylvania. We don't have, you know, we have black bear, but they're certainly not brown bear. They're, they right. are different. So I, I took that as like, it was like that kind of really tied into it because it's, it's Bavarian mountains. This is like Munich, south of Munich, lager country. Kind of tied into something that I, you know, I don't feel, it's not like a passion of mine, but I think about it, you know? How can we find ways to coexist with things that want to basically eat us, right. you know? <laughs> and we still have to choose to live with <laughs> and them. Choose to yeah, live yeah. with them. And yeah. I think if you talk to us, a lot of people in that Montana, Wyoming, Utah, you know, Maybe not so much Utah, but uh, Idaho. Idaho, yeah. Um, you're going to see a lot of mixed, you know, results on it. It's a challenge, mm -hmm. you know, especially for ranchers. But mm -hmm. so that's the name. That's the reason behind the Arctos. Okay. Part of the name. Yeah. What about the uh, the twelve Plato? The twelve Plato. So that's a check thing. They always rate beer basically starting gravity. Mm -hmm. So brewing, you know, you, you what you start with. It's like your your potential. You, the amount of available. Uh, sugars you have for ferm fermentation that your yeast will consume. So it's 12 degrees. So it's like a, for home brewers, it's like a 1050. Okay. All right. Yep. Hence so, the 5% ABV. Exactly. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah. And like, it, it's funny because there's breweries in America that have started adopting that as well. Like, uh, right, right, I believe right. Notch starts. Notch, Notch definitely did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Notch does that. Yeah. I think there's a couple other ones and it's just like, but, it's not necessarily telling you what style it is. It's just like <laughs> five degree, four degree, yeah. eight right. degree. Oh, 
could be something. Ten yeah. degree. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> you guess. Maybe it's a doppelbach. Up to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every beer is an adventure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's something Adam and I have never learned. We always did it with our little hydrometer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, okay, those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do the math. Yeah, we're basement brewers. Proud nice. of it. That's great. So, and that does lead me into the next part of this, the beginning. Beginning yeah. of Stick City, way before you opened the doors, put in the tanks and everything like that. Where did you get started with beer? You know, that would have been back in the early 90s when I was like seven, eight years old. My dad came back from a trip in Europe. Okay. And he was working for a German company based out of here, kind of near Zillianople. So they took him over there to show like their plants, that they, what they were doing. It was a vinyl extrusion. They do like the windows and door frames in vinyl. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They make those the pieces for it. So he was over there, and he's drinking all these, like, great lagers. And then it was even in that trip, they went up to England. So he's drinking, like, you know, dark mild. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of our beers, I feel like, you know, the way that he talked about them when I was a kid, I'm like, brewing, we're brewing those today. Um, so, you know, he's drinking low ABV, you know, beer engine pulled flat beer in England and nice High Alpine, he was in Austria for a bit too. So he got to try all these lagers. He came home and he was like, I can't get any of this stuff. Mm. There's a local bar that would have an import night and you'd be drinking like Smithwick's or something. <laughs> yeah. things. He would Barely go passable. Yeah, he would go there and, and do that. Yeah. Or like Bass Pale Ale. Oh, yeah. You know. So he would go do that. Um, but then he got into homebrewing and it was uh, Country Wines down here in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. on Babcock Boulevard. I feel like there's a lot of people that got to start I bet there are people that have breweries. Uh, I know the Alchemist is one. He worked there around the time that dad was going there and getting ingredients and doing this stuff too. And that uh, we got started it with our sister store, South Hills Brewing. That's, yeah, that's, that's where it. we started. Yeah, South Hills Brewing was, yep. uh, they were the same company. They ended up merging. Mm-hmm. So Country Wines, yeah. So he would, we would, I remember driving down there as a kid and he'd be getting ingredients or going to a class. Um, he was Burtonizing water. I found some of this stuff <laughs> out. Like I'm like, because I still, whenever I started getting into homebrewing myself in 2009, 2010 with my brother, uh, we kind of started dabbling with it again with his stuff. I'm pulling this out. I'm like, I'm reading these books. I'm like, dad never did this. And I'm like, Burton salts. I'm like, he was like, he was <laughs> treating this. He said there was some old lady down there who really knew her stuff. Uh-huh. And so dad was making some beer. So the, then, you know, November, like November of 94 is something that sticks out with us. Um, because that was when he made a brown ale, which is the inspiration behind Cabot Squatch, that my mother took a liking to. And so it was a you know auto-conditioned at the time. Mm-hmm. White Labs was just new at the time. Mm-hmm. Like you got them in the pla- hard plastic vials. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you'd know, be dunking that stuff in. And um, so he made, he made a brown ale in November of 94. And that was the point where my mom was like, this is good stuff. So we always talk about the November of 94 thing is the time that we basically started. So that's the unknowingly established November of 94. Awesome. Yep. It was like at that point um, that it took off. So so, yeah. he, so it started with you just like the way other people would help under the engine, you would be helping at, at brew day. <laughs> yeah. So like we, would, I remember helping the bottle in the kitchen. We lived in, in town in Butler. Uh, and in the kitchen, we'd be filling bottles with the thing you push down. It would gravity fill. And um, I remember him being like, when that stopper's on there, he's like, nobody touches that while it's fermenting. Be like, <laughs> my friends and I would be like, 
You gotta touch that. Yeah, like don't touch it. <laughs> don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's bubbling. The smells were very intense for young kids. Like whenever he'd be, it was uh, he would always do partial mash. So it would be extract and um, you know, grain sack. Mm -hmm. That was just you know at the time it wasn't like you had a whole lot of option. Right. But he at least knew to do enough with that. Um, but he made a lot of beers with your Fuggles and like oh, yeah. you know Kent Golding and uh, those sorts of things. There wasn't really like Cascade, maybe, but there wasn't a whole lot of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great. What when did you take off and start like kind of brewing on your own? Like that was at 2009, 2010 2009. time frame. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting into that hop chase, we're like, we can make one. You mm -hmm. know. And my brother and I made a big imperial IPA with dad. And I think it ended up being like nine or 10%. We got smoked <laughs> off that thing. And it was bitter. Like we loaded that sucker. Do you remember what your, what your first true blue recipe was that you made on your own? That is, you could consider your think, recipe? Uh, maybe not my recipe, but I was trying to do a Bell's Too Hard to Clone. And I think this was the moment where I was like, okay, there's more to this. Um, I was even, I was somewhat smart enough to not use chlorinated water mm -hmm. so i'd buy bottled water and uh so you make a batch of beer and, and bells was like there was it was a byo magazine recipe and i still have it because i'm like i love how that worked uh i think it was a way it was when it was when bells was not like the two harder was not an ipa mm -hmm. and it was lower alcohol and they used a lot of like aromatic malt mm -hmm. you know like a munich malt type of a thing and it was an interesting grist because it would have pale ale barley like an english pale ale and then a little bit of like a regular two-row barley pale ale, or pale malt i guess you could say aromatic malt and maybe some vienna sometimes i can't remember or a little bit of crystal 15 i remember fighting the, like where do i find crystal 15 <laughs> i can only get 10 and 20 <laughs> breeze doesn't make 15 so then i was like why don't i blend 10 and 20 you know but anyways, yeah so i make this i make this beer all centennial dry hop it then I'm like, it's good, you know, but I'm like, it's certainly not Bell's Too Hearted. And this was Bell's Too Hearted back in the early 2010s. Whenever I'd go pick it up at Vicini's for 26 bucks a case, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. they would sell it basically yep. wholesale. <laughs> and uh, it was so good. It's still so good now, but it wasn't what it was then. And so I was like, okay, there's obviously something more here. And I felt like that was the moment where I was like, in, I was like, there's got to be something. Like, get into the details of why. Like, it was a drinkable beer, but it wasn't like that. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have that balance and that pop. Mm -hmm. right? It didn't go over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. So it was that time frame. And that was probably around that, like, 2010 time frame. Right mm -hmm. on. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Was there, a, was there a, a beer or a recipe where after you had kind of gotten into a rhythm and stuff like that, where after the beer recipe and you kind of figured out, okay, I know what I'm doing and I am making good beer, but now it's time to go to the next level, you know, make it, make a go of it on a professional level. Yeah. So that was what, you know, whenever my brother and I were talking with, you know, there's, there's always a family thing. Um, we would do, we would have brainstorming meetings in that it was all in the early 2010s and we would have brainstorming meetings, go over things. That's where we found the stick city name uh, I think that was around 2012 that we came up with that. And actually, it wasn't until, you know, it was always something, people always talk about it. There were two events. So in 2015, the state passed a law that would allow manufacturing breweries like what we have to sell over the bar. As long as you had things and somebody, I don't know how they did this, 
It's literally written into Pennsylvania law, the code. It's like manufacturers that hold a, basically a G license mm-hmm. can serve over the bar if and only if they offer some sort of food. And then it's like parentheses, I dot E comma chips, pretzels, snack type stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> they wrote that into law. Like nobody's ever seen this shit in law. Yeah. Like I dot E, nobody, the, the grammar, you're not even really allowed to use that. But people that are like, I got yelled at once, right? You know, a technical writer gave me, he's like, that doesn't mean anything. Nobody used it. I'm like, okay, so maybe it's not right. But it was in the PA code <laughs> <Yeah>. for brewing. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so what that, that happened in 2015. And it was also, which is why I think we see a lot of, we have a very favorable environment in Pennsylvania. One thing alcohol related with the brewing, which is I think that was really the spur. Mm-hmm. Because you can just, you can have a manufacturing license. In Butler County here, a liquor license costs 300 grand. Wow. Allegheny County, they're about 70 or so. Yeah. But... Butler County, you know, it's growing, was growing. Still, mm-hmm. I think, I haven't seen most recent census data, but Cranberry in this 228 corridor, um, you know, so there, there's more people. There's a fixed amount of liquor licenses. So mm-hmm. the price just goes through the roof. Oh, wow. And Mario Lemieux bought half of them in town <laughs> from up in Butler. He bought them for the Lemieux Center down there, like for all those restaurants that are yep. there yeah, for yeah. that development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what really, you know, that really helped drive the price up too. <laughs> yeah, La Magnifique, he's getting all of our liquor license here in Butler County. But um, so, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that um, it's one part of our liquor code that works well for folks like us we aren't we're all self-funded mm-hmm. you know we don't have outside investment it's just our family and we're able to do this you know it's really cool that part of it's really yeah. cool right that, that's interesting mm-hmm. just because i always i always assumed like the out outskirts had cheaper liquor licenses not butler county yeah just 300 grand can you think that like yeah, yeah so people are, so people literally will be like okay I spent 150 grand on a brew system. I pay 10 or 15 on a license. And then it's like I got a brewery and I'm I can run my restaurant, you right. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I have to pay 300 grand for a liquor license. Yeah. <laughs> and I can sell all the local spirits and all the other breweries, you know, that that are around. So And that's yeah. the stuff that a lot of people are going to be looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, hey, it, it worked out for the best for you, though. So yeah, like, yeah, nice. Yep. I would say it worked out for us as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. indeed. Today, today <laughs> it's worked out for us. <laughs> so uh, just some of the things we like to question, like, you know, wonder about how things are going in the brewery. Uh, like, what is, like, what does the brewery space sound like? Like, we like to know, like, what do people listen to? We know a lot of people. Oh, are, music like, wise? Yeah, what's yeah. your soundtrack? <laughs> yeah. We know, we know a lot of people in the brewing industry. They they like to listen to heavy metal. There's a lot of heavy metal. There is a lot of heavy metal in it. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. Or even a little ska or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Didn't didn't seem like that when we walked in here, and wasn't that's not what we were hearing. So so there's a lot of like uh, Americana, folk, bluegrass. We have a biweekly bluegrass jam session that's finally back, like what it was before the pandemic, where a jam session is just where people organically come together Mm -hmm. and uh, they play, and it's stringed instruments only. But if someone wants to bring a dang box drum in they'll let them in and uh but don't bring your box drum <laughs> bring a stringed instrument <laughs> we got neighbors but um, yeah so the you know they're they're uh local guy by the name of roy 
he's put that together. I met him very early on in this, and he is a bluegrass picker. So we have some really awesome folks that come in, and it's basically a time for them to be selfish to their plane. Mm-hmm. And we just get to observe it, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. It's awesome to watch that. So it's complete. It's some, you know, sometimes it's just like you know, it's very energy based. So sometimes it's just the energy is not there. But then sometimes you're like, everyone's silent and they're just clicking at one time. Mm-hmm. So you get to see music happen naturally. So it's a lot of that Americana folk. Uh, there's some bluegrass. We'll go back into. I mean, it, it can be all over the spectrum. We'll play Frank Sinatra. Hmm. Like oh, we'll play like albums you know so some a lot of times we will play like albums at a time okay over the speakers yeah so it's more in like that sort of right on yeah I, what are you listening to when there's nobody here and that's it's just you that, brewing that is what i listen to a lot so maybe that's why it's on the speakers but i feel like that's part of our brand there's a lot of grateful dead that we play too okay so which is a, the brewers like grateful dead right a lot. Yeah. yeah oh yeah so i feel oh, yes. very connected with that part of the brewing scene the ones that are the grateful dead listeners you know i'm i'm into that right on. yeah <laughs> so that's, a, that's that, right in line with like you know nature conservation and yes yeah. and yeah, the yeah. westfalia outback that's mine yeah my <laughs> wife and i got that uh and it's a synchro too it's just sweet there's oh. a look yeah so it's four-wheel drive yeah oh, that's awesome okay. Yeah. Okay. 1986. That, that makes more sense now because we we talked beforehand about you have a Sprinter four x four out. We there. have that too. Yeah. So but we you have, have a, two beers. I didn't know where Synchro Synchro came from. Yeah. That and the, actually the color. So mine is the 1986. It's the first year for the Synchros with the camper top. Is there weren't a lot of these that came, especially in the brown color. Mm-hmm. Which it's called Murrayan Brown proper, but most people refer to it as shit brown. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get it in the woods, it hides. You know, it yeah. almost has a matte patina because it's all original paint, paint on it. And the front's all peppered. It it lived most of its life in Florida. Oh, okay, that's a good was, pickup then. Yeah, yeah. So Swamp it's truck. A, <laughs> yep. So like the front's all peppered with like chips and stuff. So, but it's it started out in Upper Sandusky, Ohio. This this is the synchro, and then it moved down to Florida. It was there for most of its life, and then it moved out to Bend, Oregon, in 2017, and then I picked it up 2020. Awesome. Yeah. So except for that short period in Ohio, that yeah. thing has left a nice rust-free life. It is, and so it hasn't seen any of the salt here. And garage kept through through the winter. Um, it's ninety five thousand original miles on it. I think it the peach. runs. I had to do a bunch of. So imagine getting a car that was born in nineteen eighty six, basically, and then it was like well maintained. But when when I get it at ninety five thousand miles, it needed the ninety five thousand mile <laughs> stuff like water pumps, <laughs> you know, distributors, you know, all this type of maintenance work. When I got it, it was running fine, but it would like miss really hard. And I was like, oh, shit, what do I do? <laughs> like, my wife's going to kill me because they're not super cheap. But it wasn't. I got a really, really good price on that for what it is. I could definitely get more for it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. like, as this 2020 stuff, all that, everything's expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, people see that as a house that you have there. I know. It's a, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. at least we got a house, right? <laughs> so you take it out to L.A., you can put a quarter million dollars uh, on it no. right so, so, yeah, we, um, we had it ship, shipped over here, but... Yeah, it's a sweet ride. We just had it out with my son, my wife and I, my son, 10-month-old son was in, uh, that was just last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, out on the other side of State College. That's fantastic. He loves sleeping in that thing, believe it or not. So my wife gets the bottom bed with him 
he's got still has like a bassinet sleeper that has the hard bottom and everything. Mm-hmm. And I get the, you know, you get to go the, get the, oh, the, the pop up <laughs> side. It's like my own bedroom. She'll be talking down. Me and you will be talking down there. I'm like, I, like, huh? huh? Like, huh? I'm in my room, mom. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Can't hear you. <laughs> what, when you're on the other side of State College, like, did you go to Shy Bear or? Were you I, we visit? tried to go, so we were there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So most things were closed. We had just done the Golden Age Logger Fest. That was ah, just yes. a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. So mm-hmm. we met the folks from Elk Creek Cafe, which oh, I right love. That's in Milheim. So we were camping real close to there. So I got to meet the owner there. I'm like. Well, I'm going to come up. I'm going to come up. We just weren't able to make it. And plus, it was Wednesday. They were opening at 4. And I didn't want to press in there before they were open. Right. Uh, but we went to Otto's. You know, oh, okay. Otto's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they're open seven days a week. So we went there Monday. It was pouring down rain on Monday when we went out. I'm like, I'm not about to take a 10-month-old and my wife and sit in a <laughs> car in the rain in the middle of nowhere with no cell phone service. <laughs> That's not how you do these trips on no. repeat, you know? I want to do these again. So we hung out in State College. They have a Wegmans out there. I love Wegmans. No yeah, disrespect do. to Giant Eagle, but Wegmans, they're better. It's a good Wegmans. Yeah, it's a I, good like Wegmans. I like it. I like it. It is a great Wegmans. I love it. So we were, I was all through that store. And so we hung out there and went to Otto's for lunch. Right on. Nice. Until the rain stopped. And then we went in the middle of nowhere with no cell phone service. <laughs> so I guess we should get back to beer. Yeah. We kind of veered off okay. from beer. But uh, it, are there any beers that you want to brew or want to get into that you haven't had a chance to yet i would like to do some of this uh mixed fermentation stuff what what is that what is mixed fermentation like uh, introducing some wild yeast and bacteria so we do a yearly saison that i feel like i'm working this as its framework and i like light body light colored saison uh so we make it it's a very simple pills malt a little bit of malted wheat I stick with like the noble hops. Okay. So mm-hmm. this time I used Willamette. I think there was another one in there. Saws, I think. So I like okay. to do that. So it's like a good framework. We use a clean Saison yeast and it turns out really nice. We package it in bottles when I remember to keep it a little bit more flat before, you know, <laughs> you know, cause it's hard to fill a bottle with you know, one volume uh, CO2 in it and then bottle condition it. But we do something unique with that. Uh, so I'd like to get more into the mixed culture stuff for okay. sure. So yeah. with the, with the you're, you're talking about going into the Saisons, uh, either a Saison or a farmhouse sale, has any of that ever been made at the original Stick City? I did brew a couple beers out there, and that would be something that would be nice to be able to get some, do cultivate it. some wild yeast or, from there. Or do an open fermentation. That would be real cool. Yeah, I would love to get more into that. Okay. Our facility, as you can see, you're integrated in with it. Yes. I feel like it's, it'd be, and I don't have a way to get different hoses and stuff. I really want to keep clean beers clean. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I've definitely tried some beers where I'm like, not in our region at all, but where I'm like, I feel like there might be a little bit of like some barnyard in that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe not bad, but it's certainly not, you know, you're not prepared for or it. something or IPA, <laughs> you know, you want barnyard and IPA. <laughs> But I just get too nervous about that with our space because it's so open. Mm-hmm. So we just stick into the clean stuff for now. I mean, that's that not, would be like to get into. That's not a bad system, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe you just you just need like a shed out in the out in that field. Yes. Yeah. And then you have a cool ship in the shed. We, <laughs> we just, just <laughs> drive out. We can get one of those things. We can tote it out there. 
Pump it in hot. It'd probably still be hot by the time we get there. Right. So, yeah. That'd be great. You just leave it out that shed, and then you come back for it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And speaking of coming back to beers. Yeah. What do you say we come back to this Arctos 12, Plato? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we didn't really talk much about how it tasted at the top of the uh, segment. We, we just kind of went into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of let it go. But uh, as a person who is not a big fan of Pilsner, but I did have a Pilsner Urkel, my first one, mm-hmm. like not too long ago. Oh, nice. Not too long ago I had one. Um, yeah, it, this definitely sticks out. And it I can say it's definitely because you use just those straight-up Czech sauce hops. Mm-hmm. This has that little bit of spiciness to it that mm-hmm. is definitely definitely so connected to the Pilsner Urkel. <laughs> but, it's like boom. Yeah. And they're way Pilsner Urkel's way more bitter than this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's way more bitter, but it like it, it that one I like because it's more flavorful. I think anytime people hear Pilsner, they automatically think about, you know, bud and yes. you know, those like are blandy. Yeah, mm-hmm. really super yeah. bland, super crackery, and those are the ones I hate. But anytime I've had something that goes out of its way to try to put as much flavor as possible into it, yeah, I, I actually enjoy. And like I, I enjoy this one. Awesome. You know, it, it is it that that hot profile is so important to imparting flavor. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Indeed. But I appreciate it. So yeah. Yeah. And and in the first segment we were talking about the Golden Boy, how that's a good beer to bring you know, kind of a gateway yeah. beer to bring people over into the IPA side. This is a really good beer to do that for the macro drinker. It does. And it kind of breaks my heart at the same time. Cause like we'll have events here in town and I'll have, I'm like Arctos. Like I look at this as like this big process and like this care and this long lagering and I'm on yeah. it. And I'm like the foam. <laughs> and then we'll have an event in town and people are like, what do you have? That's like Mick Ultra. And the staff's like, well, obviously, if I'm going to pick something right, right. on the list, <laughs> it's Arctos, and I'll just watch. And those are normally people that don't want the foam on top. And I just see Arctos going, and like literally, I'll watch all of that Arctos go to people that. And I'm like, you know, but may, they love it because they're like, oh yeah, that's really good. Yeah. But I'm just like, you know, there's like as the brewer in me that's like this. It's like, like my piece of art, my baby. I'm like. Oh, like, <laughs> it's gone. It took eight <laughs> weeks to get this point. Like, you see, he want, he wants it for himself. He, yes. he, he wants to give it to the other brewers to get, yes. to, to get the compliments. <laughs> he wants the appropriate appreciation from them. He doesn't want to give it to people like me who are just like, and which I wouldn't even ask for your McUltra. I would just like, give me something hoppy. Give me yeah. something. Yep. Give me that brown. Give me a stout. You know? Yes. But, but you look at it the other way, you know, you, you see 10 of those going out. If you get one or two coming back in and say, I really like that. What else you it got? Works. Yeah, you know, it works. Yeah, it works. It sets it the does. hook. Yep. Yeah, because they they definitely note it as different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hoppy beer. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hops in that. Yeah. There's more hops in that on the hot side than there's is any of our IPAs. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line, good beer. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's definitely worth all the work you go through to get it. But it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it's a lot of work. <laughs> but and, yeah, that is a lot of work. And, and we're willing to appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. We won't just send it out the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate it for what it is and for all the work that goes into yeah. it. Yes. It's still not going to be my favorite, but... Sure. And that's okay. That's okay, but it's still like, I'm definitely going to choose this over a lot of other shits. Yeah, they're very (laughs) unique. I mean, even the yeast we use is more, it's more lager tasting. Mm -hmm. I guess if there's a way to put that, it's not like the cleanest lager yeast. Uh, So it definitely, you got to like lager flavor. Right. And like, you know, 
there are people that just don't like lager flavor. Mm-hmm. They want more of that ale, hoppy, citrus flavor, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So to each their own. You've got that covered too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is always important to point out when somebody just has everything covered. And right now you do because you have doing pretty good. I try. Yeah, Yeah. and I think uh, the only thing you're missing is a Rauch beer, and that's about it. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we do try. I try my best to keep a good variety. For sure, we can't always keep loggers on because people oh, are like. Oh, oh that's gonna be yeah. We do have our our. Uh, so I've, I've been. I think this year probably better than any. Uh, excuse me. The we have the uh, Uncle Bob's, our American lager coming out. Okay. okay, and we do it in thirty packs. Oh, right. really? We're the only ones that <laughs> I know of, and it's and it's a properly sized cardboard box 30 pack we do it in 12 ounce cans when yeah. is that coming out that should be out in two weeks you might see me in two weeks <laughs> yeah it's sweet <laughs> now this is this so uh, you know i like to imagine the way that i would see like you know budweiser those are all high gravity brewed beers so they mm-hmm. brew like 30 percent budweiser and then it goes to these facilities and they dilute it down with carbonated water mm-hmm. i don't know if a lot of people know that but High gravity brewing is how those places make money. Your brew house is really small. You boil the, you know, if they boil the crap, they make a really strong beer. It ferments strong. They dilute it down. This is a full strength, long lagered American lager. So when you pour it in, you get all that nice foam and everything that we do. It's eight to ten weeks again for that one. Every bit of it, every bit of it is beer. None of it is Nesquik. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not a it's not a high gravity brewed beer. Yeah. And I always feel like that's how I imagine like if I could go, I always try to like think like if I could go to the store and get what I would want, like as a selfish buyer. As we all are from right. time to time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So like what you what you want yourself. I'm like, I just want, and it, it has no hops in that. It's just bittering charge. So it's truly like a drinks like American lager, but it's 100% barley. I used to put corn in it. I got it away from the corn just because it kills my head retention. And I feel like, I mean, if I want it, I'm, again, I'm thinking just for myself on that. If you want it to look like the cartoons. <laughs> yes. If you want it to look like beer and cartoons, which is, you know, it's like, have you ever looked at any cartoon and seen beer with no head on it? No. No one would even know what the heck it is. They know it's beer because it's got foam frothing over the top. So, yeah, it's long lagered. In a 12-ounce can, if you pour it into a glass, you can slow pour it, and it'll make a real crispy top foam on it. Right on. You might be, I love that. You might be uh, seeing me in a couple yeah, of weeks. It's sweet. Yeah. I, th- I think I know what Adam's going to buy himself for his birthday. So. Yes. <laughs> That's the excuse I'm going to use. Sure. Yes. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's take a quick break. Mm-hmm, let's sure. get another one poured up, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to release Steve. Sure. We're gonna, he's going to do something. I don't know what. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Joe Tutorial. Whoa, you Matt, this isn't an episode. It's a trailer. Well, what the hell's a trailer, Adam? It's where we tell people what they can expect from our podcast, Decaying with the Boys. Well, they can uh, expect to hear us talk shop on pro wrestling, craft beer, horror movies, and pop culture, like Britney Spears' creepy father and stuff like that. We've literally never talked about Britney, but we do take our shots at everything else you said. Well, then uh, I guess I can also tell them they can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Anchor FM. And don't forget to find us on all social media at DecayingWTB. Cheers. It's episode 250 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're still here down at Stick City. 
with Brewer Nick. And Adam's here as well. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Yeah. I like to say we're up at Stick City. We're up at Stick City. Or perhaps even over at Stick City. We're a bunch of up ears. <laughs> up mirrors. Bunch of up ears. <laughs> That's right. Up there. <laughs> up here for the weekend. <laughs> but yeah, we're at Stick City. We're enjoying Stick City beers. And of course, we're going to be drinking a third Stick City beer. Kind of. This falls out of Steve's rules, but I'm willing to break my own rules. Round up, Steve. It's yeah. for the good of the show. <laughs> Uh, we, we have a new beer, though, and I'll let Nick introduce it. Uh, Cedar and Slate. It's an English dark mild at 3.2%. Barely beer. <laughs> I know. This is soft drink for children. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, you... I'm editing that out. You don't tell the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just a, it's a classic English dark mild. Some Marisot, floor malted Maris Otter from England. All the all the ingredients are English except the hops this time. We went with uh, Oregon grown Willamette hops, which okay. are near and dear to my heart. I don't know how that became, but uh, <laughs> I love I love Willamette hops and when they can impart. We we actually use them in lagers too. I mean, you know, it, it, I don't think Adam is too far off with his care and love for Fuggles. Fuggles so. would be yeah. beautiful in this. I just don't. I haven't. I haven't found a good supplier for English hops mm-hmm. that didn't like the again we you know we've talked earlier about like the pellet grind and like the mm-hmm. quality even like East Kent Golding I've gotten some I'm like this is magic and then I got it and I'm like this is like a it's like a papery pellet with baler twine in it and stuff mm. <laughs> I haven't found a good source of that so need to make a trip yeah. to, New, to to England <laughs> yeah. start living that fug life yeah Fuggles <laughs> is a magical hop when you get it great it's well, you know, Willamette's based off of a lot of these hops. So Fuggles, East Kent, I don't know what the lineage is, but a lot of our hops in the U.S. are based off of Fuggles. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you look like, I don't know if this is true, but they're like, Citra is like Fuggles and some <laughs> other English shit together. And then they're like, uh, wow, Citra, you know? I don't know what the lineage is. You hear is that, America? I don't know if that's the lineage on it, but it's, I've seen some of these hops and it's yeah. like, Fuggles is a parent? It, it, like, yeah. it came up on an episode not too long ago. Like within the last three weeks, I think that we were talking about a it was a hot blend for something. I uh, yes. Uh, what the fuck? It was a hot blend for a charity beer. Oh, ales for LLS. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So in that in their hot blend, they had like a hop that we'd never heard of, and then I looked that hop up, and like one of its parentage is it was like three different. Uh, hops and one of them was Fuggle. I, I believe like, it. Yeah, Fuggles is like the parent. It's like the guy that got around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like damn, that Fuggles again. He got me like, everywhere. <laughs> now I'm in hazy IPAs. Like damn, Fuggle is a cornerstone of craft beer in this country. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> so just a just a remark on this beer. Looking at it, it, it is a nice dark. I'm trying to think of a good brown word but i don't want to say brown i want to use my thesaurus words <laughs> but it, it it's nowhere near as dark as like a porter you can definitely see the light striking around the sides of it the it gives it a nice red maroon hue almost and then the, the tight white head mm-hmm. is almost like like frothy cappuccino in yes. a way yeah what was the name of the color of your van 
Yeah, Murray and Brown. There you go. Yep. No, I'm not. <laughs> there you go. People, can, people conflate that with shit. We yeah, I know. Yeah, we already said the shit thing. <laughs> like, I was like, does he mean the real name or what everyone no, no. calls it? <laughs> yeah. I'm, when you I'm call not, the VW dealership. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, not, you got the shit brown thing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to conflate this beer with shit. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, like the, it is a nice like tan. You know, beige, you know, slightly yellowed, but it is a good contrasting looking beer. Yes. To taste it, though, there is a lot of flavor in there, even though it is soft drink for children. Three, it two is, beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. 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 It is It is. It is proper for Mormons and children and dogs. <laughs> yes. That is indeed the truth. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Don't feed this to dogs. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure dogs could go okay. <laughs> You just can't feed them full hops or pellets. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I am enjoying this beer. We kind of talked about uh, the 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 technical prowess that was required to make this yeah. beer. Like, can you get into that a little? Yeah, it's bit? very hard because you you know you're trying to brew a beer that you know the exam- you've you have hundreds of years of brewing to make these types of beers. I'm assuming that that's how long it is. I'm going to guess it's close to that. I mean, at least the the process to get to English dark mild, low ABV, dark, but still shall have body, aroma, flavor, and balance. Because it's supposed to be a sessionable beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but with that dark characteristic. So I, I feel like it's really hard, really hard to get dark characteristics in the beer, these roasted malts. Um without bringing in some level of astringency. Mm-hmm. So there's some things that I do in my wacky brain that are like, how can I capture all of these dark notes without also the coincident astringency? Especially now you took away all of the, you know, the way that you brew. Like if you want to make a 10% stout, you can put as much roasted barley in as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's a full... You know, 75 to 80% attenuation with 8 to 10% alcohol, that roasted barley won't come across as astringent. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you really want to build it out, you could like, you could just puff it up with like oats. Oats. And, and yep. like, you know, yeah. the way a lot of stouts and porters are going. Oh, yeah. You can just throw a For bunch sure. of oats in and get a whole bunch of body and mouthfeel from yep. that. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is just, like I said, floor, mal- floor malted maris otter. Um, and a little blend of some darker crystal malts mm-hmm. and some roasted barley. Yeah. The, yeah. Beers like this and, and the Arctos 12 degree are, are just like things that like you have to walk the line. Yes. Like you can, it's hard. Yeah. These you, are the you ones can that I fail. You can win or fail on those and it, it, you don't have much room to fuck around. You really don't. So I'm always so nervous. And this is the second time we made this beer. And I've, it was originally, I think it was 3.6. Okay. I'm like I always saw dark mild. I'm like the magic is when you get low threes. Mm-hmm. So I was sweating bullets. Um, <laughs> really, I mean, I mean that like wholeheartedly. Like it's it's hard. I, I'm I I want to represent. I want to be able to be a brewer that can try at least to think that they can get close to a representation of what they would be naturally. Mm-hmm. Now ours are off in the sense of served at 38 degrees, carbonated at about two and a half volumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not traditional. 
you know, normally these are like one and a half volume beers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Served warm. Right. Well, in the United States, we're not allowed to have a walk-in cooler above 42. Mm -hmm. So everything has to be cold. <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's more, so you get it, you just let it warm up a little right. bit and off gas. <laughs> you got it. We have a, a local uh, guy who's from England and he, he came in. I'm like, he's, you know, people mm. from England, they're, they're, they're opinionated and they'll tell you what they yes. think. <laughs> oh, what you got going on here, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he's talking about it. Yeah, like, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> we, did a, we did a real ale once where we tapped it and it was with our English best bitter. Mm. And, you know, I did the proper thing and we, we tapped it and poured it off and I can see him out there and <laughs> he takes a drink of the mug and he just cranks half of it down. That was a 4.2%. He cranks half of it down. He looks at me and he just gives me this big thumbs up and he's like, that's pretty good. And I'm like, he's oh, like, these janks like, are all this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he approved. So I'm like, yeah. So nice. we had the English dark mild too. He also, he liked it. So maybe he's just being nice to me. So, but, uh, so that's all you really need is like you, you get a thumbs up from a British guy. Yes. And you get checks drinking here all day smoking ciggies. So <laughs> that's the best. And we even shared a beer with the British guy on the 4th of July in good. There you go. Good yeah, faith. It's good, yeah. And I'm like, wait, are we allowed to celebrate the 4th of July with you? And he's like, I've been here for how many years? I'm like, welcome. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I will say, like, on the nose of this beer, you get a lot of that uh, caramelly uh, smells. Like, there's a lot of caramel on the nose. Um, I'm going to let it warm up more to get more of the uh, kind of character from the beer. Sure. Yeah, it but, definitely benefits from temperature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I, I, my suggestion is anybody listening, if you come in, order two beers at once, and then you drink, like, an IPA while you wait for the uh, dark mouth to warm up. That's actually a great <laughs> idea. You allow it to off-gas a bit and warm up. That's great advice. It'll be ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it likes 45, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to fight the people at the bar. You know? Right. You You're just, ready to go. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got two drinks ready for you. You just got one waiting for you. you know, mm. Just let it go. <laughs> Pull the next hour right out of the quiver. Yeah. Boom, ready to go. <laughs> So I've asked it twice. I got to ask a third time. What's the story on the name? The name. So this one, this goes back. Uh, we, my dad and I grew up, he started fly fishing when I was in about the fifth grade. And I started fly fishing when I was at that same time with him. And so there's two streams in Pennsylvania that are freestone streams. If you're curious, just Google freestone stream. You'll see what that means. It's just like a water runoff goes over a rock base it's a it's a runoff type stream off of the mountainside and they're very they're all they're full of wild trout or natives there's some brook trout so there's a there's wild trout or ones that weren't native to here they didn't develop here through evolution wild trout were transplanted so wild trout are brown trout and rainbow trout uh, native trout are brook trout which are technically a char they're not even a trout Let's not get into this. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast, and I could bore you with it. And uh, but I have to say that because the comments would be, "He called a brook trout a trout, and it's really a char." And uh, yes, you're correct. Brook trout are char. It's the only native trout we have, and it's actually a char. <laughs> um, so yeah, Slate Run and Cedar Run. There's the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. have heard that. Mm -hmm. Right coming out of that Grand Canyon south of it, of Pennsylvania, on Pine Creek, there's two streams that come in, Cedar Run and Slate Run. And they're just historically known. 
uh, excellent wild native. Uh, there's a combo of all those fish in there, except rainbows, maybe uh, living in them. So the name just kind of fits. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of get cedar and slate tones okay. yeah. with a with a dark mild. I was just coming back from a trip there in August of 2020 with a friend of mine who's actually helping out here now, and it's a place again. It's like near and dear to the whole stick city energy. There are special places that we have here in Pennsylvania that are um, completely natural and wild. Even in an area where all the trees were ripped of all of our mountains, they were just completely bare and it recovered and survived. And they just, you know, places where you are finding where trout naturally reproduce, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty special place. Uh, so Cedar and Slate is that. Cedar Run and Slate Run okay. are some magical places. And that name just fit a beer like a dark mild. Yeah. Wow. And it rolls off the tongue very it nicely. Cedar and Slate. Yeah. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our segment. And everybody who listens to the show in this past should know that, you know, third segment, that's our game segment. We're not doing any heavy lifting. We, we're two beers in and we're drinking a third. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not push it. We've gotten smart about this over the years. Yeah, that is a good idea. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we already mentioned it's our 250th episode. That's a milestone. And something we haven't done in a long time is a game that started really early on. Mm -hmm. And it kind of helped the audience get acclimated to us. uh, But we called the game the Pear Down. And essentially, that's where we take kind of favorite things, like things we like to do, hobbies, things like that. And then we'll just pair a beer with it. So, Nick, for you, I think, you know, the audience has come to realize that you're an outdoorsy type. Yeah. You, you have a lot of hobbies outdoors. You like camping, fishing, things like that. So we're going to kind of go through, we're going to throw you prompts. You're going to tell us what beer you would pair with that activity. Mm. Does it have to be my or our beer? No, no. Okay, it, it can be any beer. Any beer. <clears throat> I mean, and you can even go as far as saying a beer that you would brew for that activity. Oh, nice. But actually, I do want you to try to stay away from Stick City beers. So okay, like, that's so, fine. So yeah. like anything okay. that's your favorite, something that you would go with. So let, let's just continue down the fishing train and go right to that. What is what is your fly fisherman beer? What do mm. you keep in your waders? Oh, so that would be, I you know I, I went through a phase with uh, Genesee, mm-hmm. not the cream ale, really regular Jenny. Okay, I still would. Uh, I love that beer. Or a close second would be Straub. Mm-hmm. But the, I generally like the straw in the brown bottle. I'm a brown bottle guy, not a green bottle guy. You know, three MBTs not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but some people like it. You know, the skunkiness of a green bottle. But uh, yeah, so those those would be. You know, I, I go back to some trips that I've done with my dad, and we we like to do the small stream style fly fishing, which are like cedar and slate would be these a prime example of these, where you are just puddle jumping up this small stream, fishing along. And when you get there, you know, you're not taking a cooler in or any ice. You got some Jennies thrown in your backpack. And uh, so when you get there, these creeks normally run pretty cool, at least sub 60s or mm-hmm. 65 degrees or less, even in summer, because they've got a heavy tree canopy. So you stuff them under the rocks, yeah. right? So you stuff them under the rocks, you fish your way up. You have one to have when you get up there that might be a little bit warm. <laughs> and then on the way back down, you're always like, oh, I, I know where I put it. <laughs> Some, sometimes I've been like, I can't find it. So we're either left. I'm like, I could have swore I put it under this rock. So I'm like, 
either someone else got it or I totally lost this beard. <laughs> and someone in, will get it. You turn yeah. it to a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I have found cans of beer before. Cans. I would never do it with bottles because they're definitely leaking. Mm-hmm. I have found somebody else's stashed beer that had been in there for a while, and I have opened it up and at least taken a couple <laughs> sips just because they were looking for that. But uh, so, yeah, those types of beers, I guess, you know, things in, into that that realm, like that American lager. The uh, yeah. the opposite of an Easter egg hunt is a trout row hunt, and that's where you find <laughs> <laughs> That's where you start finding cans of Jenny. Cans of, yeah, any stream I've been on, they might be one or two. Or <laughs> at least that or straw or... Even PBR, I've been. Uh, that would be a, another one that would be into that. That's Nick's Johnny Appleseed lore. <laughs> yeah, wherever I was, you might be able to find a free beer underneath a rock. And some say he went across America just planting Jenny cans <laughs> in every brook and stream. Uh, so I've got one, and this one I am going to request a particular style that you would brew. Uh, you have been selected to create the official beer for Pennsylvania State Parks. What beer are you going to brew? I'm immediately thinking in the realm of a local ingredient sourced, which we're kind of doing that right now uh, with one. But uh, we did a benefit for PA Parks and Forests. But I'm going to try to use all local barley, Mm -hmm. make a pale ale. I want to be in that 5% range. Hop forward with Pennsylvania hops. Definitely. And I do that because I want people to actually... You know, because there's, you know, craft beer, there's still this hop forward uh, approach to it. Like, uh, it'd be more in that hazier, yellow colored type of uh, light colored uh, pale ale. I want those people to be who are into that thing to try it and mm-hmm. see the message, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would be that. Okay. It'd be so, a pale ale with local so it would ingredients. be good for, for those that are hop heads and just as important is to get the message out as well. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Yeah. It'd wind up being like PA's version of Pseudo Sue because that was brewed in conjunction with the Chicago Museum. Yes. This one would probably just be like a groundhog. <laughs> yes. Groundhog. Yes. <laughs> the PA Parks Groundhog. Yeah. <laughs> Pale Ale. I, I drink that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of something like, does he drink the shadow? <laughs> that doesn't work. It <laughs> doesn't work. I'll move on. No, no, that, that, that's like a that, that's a company that's an accompaniment stout. Phil I was shadow. Say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil shadow. Ooh, that's some, a good one. There. Somebody write that down. Yeah, <laughs> we want our cut five percent. <laughs> Which CNC malt does have a coffee roaster, and they have roasted barley before. Nice. So you could make. You could do this. Hmm. Smart. This could smart be done. Yes. I think we need to make a trip. Yeah, write that down. Yeah, Brendan, we need some malts. We need some (laughs) roasted barley. We have at least a homebrew thing that we have to (laughs) show up for. We we haven't done any homebrewing yet. I say, don't have to, get to. You know, the name is Custom and Craft. You can customize what you want. Mm -hmm. So you want it to be burnt, you want it to be light, you know, the amber or brown, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. He's a talented guy. He knows what's up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I have another one for you. Uh, obviously, you're in the camping, and you've been camping in every form. I assume mostly. I've not. I've never really done light style backpacking. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a go and be in place camper. Okay. Okay. okay so. Don't get to do nearly as much as I'd like now, <laughs> and I probably daydream about it too much. <laughs> but, oh, uh, Adirondack shanty yeah. shelters. Yeah, that'd be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> the wind rustling right into your face <laughs> while you're trying to sleep. Cursing that you forgot to bring the tarp. Yes. 
So with that, though, I mean, I'm sure that you've had campfire breakfast, just one pan, mm. everything in the same pan, mm-hmm. uh, potatoes, eggs, oh, and yeah. meat, just all yep. in the same pan, cooked yep. over the campfire. What is the beer that goes with that? I immediately add a brown ale. I think that's like a perfect, that or maybe an English style porter. Um, I don't know of any particular brands that I would run with, but uh, yeah, that's be definitely brown ale for like a breakfast. Right on, yep. right on. A- any particular one you can think of? Anybody? I can't think of one. Actually, you know, I, I go back to some of these classics. I would, I would love to say Newcastle, but Newcastle and, you know, and the business of beer and alcohol changes things. It's not what it, what it is now. So I'd hate for people to go out and drink it now because mm-hmm. it's basically a colored Amstel. <laughs> um, it really is. It really is. I mean, it just is. It's not... You know, I remember it. This would have been like two, mid two thousand, like between two thousand and twenty ten, mm-hmm. um, where they were doing this marketing campaign, which is probably why they got bought out by I think the Amstel people bought them or one of those, where it was like, if it's too heavy, your tongue's too weak, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. love that. So that would have been one. But so I'll I'll just say Newcastle that was brewed in two thousand five. That makes sense. All right, <laughs> not All right. Newcastle that you get at the store today. Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have fond memories of like 2008, 2009 Newcastle. Yeah, but it probably yep. was at the time when they're like, someone's like, oh, wow, they're really selling a lot of this brown ale. Let's buy it and just put yeah. color in the Amstel. Mm-hmm. And, and this is how I know it got too popular is because around that time, there was a strip club that did like $20 cup. Okay. And of free, Newcastle. And, well, no, it was like $20 cup and they had mixed drinks. And just like whatever is all you can drink. Yeah, and then they had one bar that had Bud Light and something else on, and then they had another bar that had Newcastle only. Newcastle only. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, it was, <laughs> "This is the craft import <laughs> section." And you're like, Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like it, there was only one tap. It what was just attached. This, in? <laughs> this sounds like McKee's a kind rocks. Of a cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, this rocks. sounds like a cool strip club. <laughs> Where you're like, why am I at the bar? Yeah. Like, wait a minute. What am I here for again? It was it was just like it was shitty well drinks and Bud Light and everything on one bar. And then just like at this other bar, there was nothing but Newcastle. That's so it was bizarre. it was the craziest thing. <laughs> so but I was hilarious. like I love Newcastle. It was at that time I was like, I love Newcastle. Yeah. But it's like, why is it so popular? <laughs> this place <laughs> has everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh, no, man. I can get behind that, but yeah. yeah, it definitely has. I've had Newcastle's since then, and it's not the same. Yeah, Mm-mm. it doesn't it doesn't fly. Well, if you look <laughs> on the label, you know Newcastle up on Tyne, like where it was made, it's like Holland or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not made there anymore. Sad way it goes. Well, we'll just have to drink the good beer here. Yeah, Cabasquatch, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, there's, pl- there's plenty of fine brown ales that have since taken the place. Yes, <laughs> that you don't have to worry about. And that was like the inspiration. Oh, so like. I guess another one that just immediately came to my mind, which was a lot of the inspiration behind Cabot Squatch was Moose Droll. Okay. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Magic. So I was I did my first year of college in Montana in that 2005 time frame. And uh, yeah, Moose Droll was like oh, magic. The the first kit beer that we ever made. It was the Moose Droll yep. one. Yeah. Was, I think they called it a caribou slobber. Yeah. It was caribou the knockoff. Slobber, so, yeah. so Cabot Squatch definitely has 
lineage from that exact restaurant. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I've changed some things, but sure, sure. Of course. Obviously, <laughs> it's lineage from that exact recipe. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. 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 That uh, yeah caribou think, slobber. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody, I, almost everybody had to have done that one. Mm-hmm. They do that one and then they do like a red ale. Yes. And then, yeah, red ale. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. that's kind of a decision point of am I into this or am I not into this? Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> because it's those styles are, I think they're hard to fuck up. Yes. Because they're they're not uh, hop dependent. Mm-hmm. Like right. you, if you do an IPA straight out the box, you just good chance you fuck that yeah. one up. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be oxidized yeah. and brown. It shouldn't yeah. be brown. And there's definitely no way you're doing a lager out there. No. no, you <laughs> yeah. shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah. But fun fact, I still have the very first bottle of beer that uh, that we ever brewed. Oh no shit. Yep, I still How have. How old it. is that? Ten years. Wow. It's in the trophy case. Yeah, that so, can't be good. In, in oh, don't lighter, drink it. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> same light as that. My buddy that's working here, John, now, and so that's a whole other story. We've known each other since the fourth grade, and we, you know, you go through life, high school, everything, college, you kind of get away, and then it was around 2010, I moved here to Seven Fields and, like, basically Cranberry, and he was looking for a place to live, so he came down and lived with me, and he has a camp up above Franklin on the river, Okay, that's above my oil, neck of the woods. Yeah, above Oil City, actually. Okay. On the river, Aaronsville, if anybody knows. He um, knows. I know. <laughs> you know Aaronsville? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's right there. And there was still a decent population of grouse 2010 to 2015 there. And we went to this place, Grouse Valley. I won't speak anymore about where that was, even though the grouse aren't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we bought these delirium tremens. Oh, okay. And we were like, well, either one of us that gets a grouse will drink a delirium tremens. He still has both bottles. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> we, we, you know, we didn't hunt with dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were just off the cuff. And uh, we've had our opportunities. Uh, he might have gotten one, but it was whenever it needed to be with it. We both needed to be there right, on the trip. Right. We still have these delirium tremens. Now, he kept them refrigerated. So I'm like, you're delaying the aging by the refrigeration. But. He's like, do you think they're still any good? I'm like... There will be a day that we open these bottles, <laughs> yes. and we we will know you will know on a Belgian beer when you open it if it's going to be safe to drink. Mm, yeah. If it's just like if the cap falls off, prob and you pour it in and it's flat, probably don't want to no, drink that. No. But if it's effervescent, I'm taking a sip. Mm. You, you have know? to try. You I'm have to try. Sip. If it makes just the just a little bit of gas noise, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like foam, like okay, I'm drinking this. We're just in. <laughs> Uh, so I did have one more. Okay. Uh, since we are here in Mars, uh, and, and kind of on the same thing theme as the last one, uh, for the official beer of of the Borough of Mars, mm. what beer are you making, or what beer would you recommend? Mm. The Borough of Mars is or this not planet? a borough? Or this is planet? a borough, yeah. Okay. Or uh, the planet of Mars. Ooh. Well, that's, <laughs> so that's the hard thing, you know. I'm like thinking of this alien stuff. I mean, I would say. You know, if it, you know, if the one is obviously Uncle Bob's that mm-hmm. we would make, uh, because that's just, you know, the, it plays under the lineage of the town and the heritage. Oh boy, something. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling between like the Mars, the alien type Martian type thing. Get some alien champagne in there. That would make. If I, so the, the question is like, what one would I make for that? Yes. Oh boy, struggling. What was the? Uh, What's that Belgian style? It's like a beer de garde. Okay. But it has Mars in it. It Ooh. has like a... It's after you say it, all I can think of is Mars in, but I obviously... That's not <laughs> right. <laughs> is it a beer de Mars? 
It might be. It's French. There is beer to Mars. Yeah. yeah, that's what it would be. And it literally translates into March beer. Yeah, March. It's, so it's March, their but, version of but March. with the Mars name. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Um, so it's a it's a low alcohol lambic. Oh, is what, that's, that's this interesting. Is like, this is on beer and brewing. So that that should appeal to you know the the uninitiated drinkers in Mars. Because it, it would a, have a lambic and a nice and fruity and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, just a fruit beer for people. <laughs> These look like really hard beers to make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so like you can make a beer to Mars, right? You use the the ingredients and you do a single infusion. But like I'm immediately, I'm, I'm on the beerandbrewing.com website yeah. descriptor of it, which I feel like they're they're fairly accurate for like that quick and dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing decoction, you know, 86 F temp rests, 170 like. Uh, 60 to 90 minute boils, uh, lambic grist of 30, 40% raw wheat. Like these are hard beers. You know, <laughs> one does not just say, we'll just make a beer to Mars tomorrow. <laughs> Can't shoot from the hip on those. Yeah. Well, that's why you do it like once for the biannual centennial or whatever. Mars New Year. <laughs> Mars New Year. Beer yeah. to Mars. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You don't do it all year. That's, that yeah. would be my choice. That's what came to my mind, and I'm like, it's con- you know, it's complex beer. That would I like be it. it. Yeah, yeah, beer to Mars. You, you can still throw some like local fruits or whatever into it. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can have some real good fun with it. Yeah. They might not see it for like three to four years, but right, <laughs> we gotta brew it every year to blend young with the old. And <laughs> this is beer yeah. to Mars two that's blended with beer to Mars one. <laughs> they can have some Uncle Bob's to tie them over. Yeah, yeah. Like here, have a single Bob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thanks. <laughs> When's the beer to Mars ready? You might not like it. It's totally different than this. <laughs> Great. Why is it so sour? <laughs> Why is it sour? It smells funny. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, let's come back to the cedar and plank, which also hard to make. <laughs> also hard to say. Cedar, cedar and, slate. and slate. There I you didn't go. look at the menu. I tried to do it. <laughs> cedar, cedar and slate. Yeah, this cedar is not a slate. salmon beer. I was thinking about salmon. Though. Right? We were talking yeah, about we were fishing. Talking fish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Cedar and slate. The uh, the soft drink that is <laughs> yes, the, soft English, drink. The, the English yes. the English mild soft drink for orphan children. <laughs> they gotta be orphans now. Yes. <laughs> Anytime I think of children in Britain, it's orphans. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I just think they're full <laughs> of orphans. It's just every, every one of them is just Oliver Twist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. Right. Yeah. This is literally Oliver Twist. What he was eating when he was eating gruel <laughs> was more, sir. was just. Dry oats put into this. <laughs> so, yes. You will have the oats with dark mild side. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a it's a good drinking beer. <laughs> yes, like Fonzie's trying to say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. Beer, beer. Um, but yeah, it, there there is a lot of flavor once it warms up. You, yeah, you know, like I said, it has that nice caramel nose to it. But then once it warms up and you can express more flavors. You get like a caramel back end to it, and there's a, a bit of a roast that carries all the way through the drinking yeah. experience. So yeah, yeah. yeah well, it still has a certain level of sweetness to it as well. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I yeah. like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, enjoyable beer. So that means it's time to go to the podium. Yes. That's where we rank all the beers: bronze, silver, and gold. And Nick, you'll go last because you're going to rank your babies. Yeah, most hardest job hard. of all. <laughs> so we give you extra time to think. <laughs> oh, boy. But I'll go first. Good, because I'm not sure yet either. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it, it's easy for me. It's not for me. But <laughs> I, I think all the beers that we had tonight, they're very good. Uh, it's just, you know, what it comes down to subjectiveness for me. 
She's okay. Like, what, what, what do I like most? So bronze, I'm going to give to the Arctos 12 degree. It's a Pilsner and Pilsners are fine for other people. <laughs> <laughs> you got to like what you like. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, I mean, there's there's no I didn't there's no fault in the game. It's it, it's a good pilsner and it has that extra bit of flavorfulness because of the saws hops. So it's really good for anybody who wants to get into pilsners, who wants to taste what a pilsner could be rather than just cracker water. So true. <laughs> yes, you know I, I I'm sure there's other snootier people out there who might be more you know like <laughs> you might be sharing a podcast with yeah they might me? be they might be more discerning but also Nick's already got the seal of approval from actual Czech people so he doesn't care what your opinion is this yeah. is true when you <laughs> sit all true. day and smoke ziggies and drink yeah. Czech pil- <laughs> yeah. ripping That's butts and, <laughs> ripping butts and drinking pivo who yeah. cares <laughs> right. <laughs> So, yeah, but that, that's bronze for me. And, and, and again, it's just style for me. Uh, cedar and slate goes silver. I think, again, it's it's a really enjoyable uh, drink. It has a lot of flavor to it, which is, like, impressive because of how small of a beer it is and, you know, the grain build doesn't lean on anything because it, it can't by definition. <laughs> no, yeah. So, so the fact that you're able to express all those caramel and kind of roast flavors without making it like a dark, heavy porter or stout, it's, it's impressive and it's enjoyable. And, you know, at 3-2, you can have a couple of them. So nothing wrong with that. But for me, gold goes to the Golden Boy IPA. Nice. It's so uh, – it's refreshing it's bright. It's flavorful. The flavors are different than what the ma- market is saturated with, but it still provides you with those nice, soft drinking notes from all the oats. And so, yeah, it, it, and also it just doesn't like uh, wander into super sweet gloop glop, you know, <laughs> burnout IPA. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is just a very nice basic IPA with. Two types of hops that give you a nice, different flavor profile. I enjoy that beer very much. Awesome. Gold for me. I think I have a decision. Uh, I will also I will echo what Steve had said, that all of these are good beers. There is not a loser in the bunch. Uh, and some of it comes down to personal preference. But I think, I think I have it set up. I think I'm going to go with the Cedar and Slate in the bronze medal position. And the only reason why is because you have to wait a couple of minutes. You do. You, <laughs> that and, is true. And we'll, we'll blame the PLCB for that one. I know. Well, the, yeah, the health inspectors. They don't like cold rooms that are about 42. I mean, we so, don't have food in there. We so we're, we're going to blame it on the man for yeah. that. Uh, but it... it with that being said, it is a very enjoyable beer. If you're looking to have something to just sort of, you know, just have a beer, like you were talking earlier, just to have something in your hand uh, that you don't want to get verschnookered with or anything right. like that, this is a great beer for that. I know Steve doesn't, you know, like anything below four. That's his opinion, and he's entitled to it. But say, for example, you're hanging out all day, great beer for it. Yeah. Great beer for it. If you're looking for something just to kind of unwind just a little bit, grab this beer. Uh, it's fantastic. I am a big fan of it. Look, if I had like an eight-hour darts tournament, yeah, then yes, I would consider. Yes, you drink mild. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Then I'll consider it. But uh, in the silver medal position, uh, and I will say, in a fairly strong silver medal position, is going to be uh, the Golden Boy, the IPA, and, and that is surprising because I don't like IPAs. I don't like them. Right. And so the the sheer fact that this is in a strong silver says it all right there. 
this is a this is a good beer. It, this is a good IPA for people that don't like IPAs, and it is a good IPA for people that do like IPAs. Right. And, and I like the I like the flavor of it. It did have a bit of a strong nose for us non IPA drinkers, but on the flavor, it was very well balanced. It had a a good fruitiness to it, and it was enjoyable. And it was not you know some West Coast you know just shove hops in your stupid face kind of beer. Yeah, which I appreciate. <laughs> but yeah, it was a very well crafted beer, and I I'll admit I would drink it again. I would drink it again. I think the list has expanded. Shocking. Yes. So I have, a, I have a running list of IPAs <laughs> that I would be willing to drink again. I think it's up to like eight or nine now. Nice. So that, that says something. So, some of them aren't really IPAs. Some of them are like dessert beers that are cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Loaded with the good stuff. <laughs> but uh, in the gold medal position, I'm going the pills. Nice. Uh, I got to go to the Arctos. Uh, if I had three of those lined up uh, and I had to choose one of them, that's what I'm going with. Not only did I find it the most refreshing, I found it the one that was just my style. If I'm going to grab a beer, that's the beer I'm going to grab. I liked it. Well crafted. Uh, I could hand it to anybody. And anybody that has any semblance of good taste is going to enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. Uh, and so the Arctos 12, the pills, cool middle position. Awesome. And now comes the main attraction. Hey. Oh, boy. This is, this is hard. It's like, you know. Which child do you like most? Mm -hmm. um, I only have one, so that's easy for me now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I go back to thinking of the styles that I get to brew the most of are your IPAs, um, which are, especially the way that we make them here, extremely technical. They're constantly iterative. They always are something that bring me new challenges, just the way we make them again, because I like to keep that. I want it to be very hop forward, but I don't want it to be, you know, throat tingly. Um, and some hops, some hops are more conducive to that like throat burn just by the nature of how they grow. But yeah, so if I'm going to pick a third place and I didn't do this in any influence to you guys, this is exactly how I'm going to do it. And I'll try to explain it the best that I can, but Bronze for me right now would be the Golden Boy. I think because I'm not the biggest fan of Eldorado hops, okay. personally. I'm happy with how Simcoe and Eldorado play together. I think Eldorado is a hop that needs something else. I've done beers that were very heavy Eldorado alone. Mm -hmm. and just wasn't pleased. And I think a lot of brewers that do a lot of hop forward beers would agree with Eldorado likes a friend. And so I... Simcoe is the one that could bring that like punch. You know, there's a little mm -hmm. bit of that cattiness to play with that overripe fruit um, sweetness of El Dorado. So that's my bronze. My silver, cedar and slate. Again, very challenging to make. These are so I'm, I'm glad that we picked these styles to go through today because these are like my favorite children. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, yes, Heater and Slate. I love the technical attribute of it. Again, making that beer. It's very process-oriented. ABV, I feel, plays a lot into beer. So if I'm going to choose, like, that's a, that's a traditional style. And 3-2, mm -hmm. so I, I might be on that world of, like, sub-fours start to lose, I feel, just by the nature of it, a little bit of the uh, 
interesting aspect that alcohol brings to beer. Mm. That's why I always get into like this whole non-alcoholic beer thing. I'm like, I need to get into drinking these or trying them, or maybe there's a way to make them. And it's like defeatist because beer is beer with alcohol in it. Right. And that's what adds, it adds to aroma and flavor and mouthfeel. It's not just there as the, you know, the effect that you get from it. There's certainly benefits that it provides from it. So Cedar and Slate's my bronze. It's so hard to even say that that's a bronze, or I mean my silver. So hard to even say that it's my silver, but <laughs> you got to pick. You got to yep. pick. And then the top, Arctos 12. That's the one I feel, I think, out of all the beers that we make here, most proud of, just because it's such a simple beer. And I always would, like, it, like that whole Bell's conversation I had, like, you make a Bell's too hard, and you're like, I use all the same ingredients. Why is it not completely the same? <laughs> Pilsner is the same thing. It's like, how can you get complexity and balance and nuance of malt, you know, or your water profile, your malt to come through, your hops to come through, and the yeast character to come through, and have it be smooth and the finish go the whole time, the whole spectrum. From the time it hits your nose goes into your mouth and you feel it, the weight of the beer, the, and then you start to, then the tastes happen. It's like, it's like malt. There it is. Oh, wow. And then herbal and then floral and all these like, they're like ding, 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 ding on your, on your tongue. And then you finish and it all kind of like you're left with a remembrance of it. That's Arctos for me. So it's, that's the, that's the gold. Right on. Yeah. That's a good way of describing things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hell of a lot better than what I did. The whole, <laughs> the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he made it. Of course, he loves it. And yes. Of course, he can describe <laughs> They it. are all gold. I should have just done that. So for my gold choice, this, and I've been like, my gold, and you guys would be like, wait, you, you said gold three times. <laughs> Look, Nick, you wouldn't be the first one to try that. And yeah. You wouldn't be the first I, one I, to be stopped. <laughs> I stuck to the rules. Yeah. I stuck to the rules. That's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, the other rule is after you do that, it, now's your time that you can promote everything Stick City. So website, Instagram, anything that you want to yeah. get out there, any events you're going to be at, let everybody know. Yeah, stickcitybeer.com is our website. We have our food trucks and our operating hours here. We're open Thursday through Sunday, Thursday and Friday, 4 to 10, Saturday, 12 to 10, Sunday, 2 till 7. Food trucks every day. Again, the food truck schedule is on the website. We only do one weekly social media post. We try to keep it consistent. It also reiterates what's going on for the week. And we try to highlight a beer that's out there. So that's at Stick City Beer, both uh, Instagram and Facebook. We operate out of Instagram, but our Instagram will post to Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. So it's all in there, at Stick City Beer. We got an upcoming event that's a, a really good one. This is something that we've really been focusing on Uh a lot is doing more collaborative work with some of these nonprofits. The newest one was the Rachel Carson Trails Conservancy. They're having their 25th anniversary for the Rachel Carson Trail Challenge, which is a 36 mile one day hike slash run oh, on the entire Rachel Carson Trail. It's brutal. I've talked to people <laughs> who've done it. I don't know how they do it. I thought for a hot second when we were going over this uh, collaborative effort for the thing, I'm like, I'll train and do it. And quickly I realized I'm a brewer and I need more than just three months to train to do it probably. <laughs> um, 36 now. I probably got to be a little bit more deliberate on that stuff. Uh, so maybe next year. We'll see. But yeah, so they're celebrating 25th year. So we created a beer. It's a local IPA. We call them that whenever it's... And we did this with uh, 
the PA Parks and Forest Foundation with public lands shop as well. Uh, before we call them, a, it's a local IPA. I think the other one was a local pale ale. Might have been an IPA too, I think. All local ingredients. Um, and that one will be out for their event. They're having their 25th anniversary event, June 11th in North Park. So look them up. Rachel Carson Trails Conservancy. We'll have a beer. 20% of all sales of the entire batch are going to go back to the group. And they're part of the 1%. So that's part of our 1% givings. Nice. Right on. And the trail challenge is on June 18th. If you would like to enter, you can start now and just run the whole damn thing. <laughs> miles. It won't be a bad deal. There's a lot of steep hills. People say that there's sliding involved. Oh, great. Climbing, so. yeah. <laughs> that's probably, the, I'm really excited for that. So things yeah. I won't be doing. I'm nope. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I will clap for you at the end. Yes. <laughs> it's like you start in Harmer and end up in North Park somehow. <laughs> I'm like, how do you do this? <laughs> so, yeah. That's a lot. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah no problem. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, coming on and sharing your beer with us and sharing your story with us. And uh, yeah, I uh, I look forward to having more in the future. And uh, uh, off mic, I was trying to convince Nick to start doing Schwartz beers mm-hmm. because that's important. We'll get there. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> they are important. They're great beers. Yeah. But again, that's like, you know, people are like, well, why don't you make a Hefeweizen? I'm like, one doesn't just make Hefeweizen. <laughs> <laughs> The, you know, clove and banana flavors are just lower tiered levels of what would would become an off flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and you would want to highlight that. So we'll get there. We'll make a half of ice in one day. All right. I will find the secret, Um, but I won't, I won't just, you know, so Schwarzbeer is one that you got to. It takes some thinking. You you won't do it just to do it. You'll do it because you can do it. Right. When it no. comes out, it's something that I'll be proud of, and and that Stick City will be proud of. Same. When either and of captures those, will be proud to serve. When yeah. either of those come out, let us know. Oh yeah, for sure we yeah. will. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you want to contact us on social media to let us know when Schwarzbeers and Hefeweizens are at Stick City, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA in your favorite podcatcher like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Wild Turkey's no longer trying to advertise with us, so that's yeah. nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah. If you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a 36-mile show, but we're going to drop out after five. (laughs) And that's a bigger crime than me having to go find salmon at 10 o'clock at night now because I'm hungry. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) But thanks again, Nick, for having us on and having us in your space while we have you on. Yes. (laughs) Thank thank you you guys for coming out. It's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, We'll be back next week with episode 251. Who knows what it'll be? Uh, we did get a nice handful of beers, though, from Greg in North Carolina. Yes, so thank you, Greg. There's a good chance it's just a burial episode. It took a lot <laughs> to stuff that in the back of the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean that as in physically or just like not drinking at all when you picked it up? That's <laughs> an inclusive yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, we might just do a burial episode next week. Oh, <laughs> so, darn. You no, know, nuts. One of them is a Schwarzbier. It is. <laughs> nice. So. Stay tuned for that, and goodbye. Bye.